If you travel, you know how to really go off the grid. Like no cell service in your room, off the grid. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths, sound baths, and ice baths. Because when you set up your out-of-office, you mean it. Because when you're the escape artist, vacation is all about resting, meditating, drinking water, and minding your own businessing. The Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the friend zone. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend. Hey. My name is Asante. This is the friend zone. The Santa show. I'm in the zone. The devil almost got me, y'all. I'm in a position where I need to go buy a, a quick white T-shirt, right? So I'm walking down the street, and I'm like, well, shit, let me just run in H&M real quick, get this white T-shirt. And I think it's all walking, gearing to make a ride in the H&M. As soon as my feet was getting ready to pivot towards the right, it was like God grabbed my ankle with one hand, and I heard his voice in my ear whisper, monkey, monkey, monkey. And I came to my senses and shit, turned my ass right around, kept going down the street. I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now, that's right. You know, I feel like you, know, you got to walk in your truth. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, you can't hang me with my own rope. So I wanted to be, you know, honest and truthful, truthfully mm. honest, and let everybody know that I almost, you know, the devil was really trying to get me the other day, you know, and I wanted to be forthcoming about my experience because, you know, experience. you know, we all fall down, but we get back hey, up, okay? We get up, that's and, right. And, you know, I, before I've succumbed, you know, to that evil spirit that was on me from H&M for the need, <laughs> simple need, you know? This lesson was just, it was so multi-layered. I just wanted to share. So, the, you know, because it was bigger than my need, my own personal <laughs> need, I had to recognize the greater gain and, you know, be a vessel in that moment of service, mm. in servitude. And so I turned my ass around and I went somewhere else and got my white T-shirt. And I did not go support H&M and they put a monkey T-shirt on black people's ass. <laughs> and so with that being said... What's the hashtag? Um... Turn around. The hashtag is turn around, okay? Turn around. Every now and then, okay? You hear monkey in your ear. So I had to turn around, and that's what I want everybody to do. You know, when they when that spirit is on you, hey, turn around turn and change around. for the better. Monkey. So with that being said, <laughs> that's right. He said monkey. He did. Monkey. He did. I stopped myself dead in my tracks. Looked down and saw the paw prints. No. So anyway, with that being said, and more importantly understood... Welcome to the Friend Zone, your weekly look into all things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene. Because who in the hell, hell. wants a musty brain? Not me. Crickets and tumbleweed. tumbleweed. Hey, friend. <laughs> I just if you're in Harlem, How it's tumbleweave. <laughs> Not tumbleweave. It's tumbleweave. You know you've seen it. That's why you I've seen it. countless bundles <laughs> on the ground I've in Harlem. I've seen it in my lobby. I mean, little pieces of braids. I always oh. wonder the history behind the little braid strand. I'm like, you are a whole braid taken out. <laughs> How I wonder the history here? behind the departure. Like, was it willful? Right. Was it, was it forceful? Was it, was it with force? 
Okay. Blunt force trauma. Could what it, was did it? it just it just couldn't take it no more on its own? Yeah. Like, hmm. or was it removed forcibly? And then, no. even then, I want to know who won. Might have been a disagreement. <laughs> How did we get here? Exactly. <laughs> Y'all caught the bus. No. <laughs> How was your weekend? Weekends was good. Weekends was good. Weekends was weekends real was good. good. You know, uh, work this weekend. It's very important to me to keep doing that. So yes, I you've been a working a lot. I have. You okay, know, getting to them bags. Okay, years, you got on the money green right slave. now. Okay. And don't and it don't mean a thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Whoa. Oh God, y'all. Kim Zosiak. We'll get to her ass a little bit later. Oh Lord. Or we actually won't. <laughs> and thank the Lord Jesus, we will not. With that said, my weekend was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, segue. I take mm-hmm. it away. Um, shout out to everybody. Uh, I just dropped tickets for If I Were a Rapper yes. uh, at ifiwereareapper.com. There's still some tickets left if you wanted to come to the show. I've been working really hard trying to put it together. It's going to be a musical comedy game show. It's going to be definitely something for the fearless, not for the faint at heart. Like I said, there are tickets left, but it I want. It's almost sold out, y'all. It's literally, yeah. literally just talked about it and it is almost sold out and then it's I, I, I can't fame. even no no not fame community you know I just Aww. just a call to action for all the people out there that want to do something fun on a Saturday night and you know March is my month so why not have fun with the people okay it's gonna be so cute y'all. it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be a fun time and you know while not working on that I was also thinking about how the friend zone is gonna be in Atlanta at the end of the month too Yay. March 31st twice I think that show was going to be sold out almost so yeah from what Alex said it's already there so uh, if you do want to come see us in Atlanta, come see us in Atlanta for the Friend Zone. And there are a couple of other dates as well. <laughs> the- <laughs> so like, and those Look, because are- <laughs> you know I'm in a frenzy. I'm I'm back on the road with three. You know, I'm just starting my show up and I'm really nervous. So just it's been I a work weekend. I can see you having three tours at once. You got to be prepared for this. I'm ready. You'll be gone and every then- weekend. And then the nerve of me, right, friend, to be trying to pursue music endeavors and write a series because I had a really good idea for a series because you know how crazy my life be, right? Of course. So I've been in writing mode for that, too. It's insane. But not to toot my heart. We'll get away from all that. (laughs) Friend, how was your weekend? Oh, my God. My weekend was amazing. Uh Uh-huh, because you was on the West Coast. Yes, I was in L.A., and all I can think of is how can I get Asante and Dustin to move to L.A. so that we can have the show on the West Coast? Because I need to be there. I genuinely love it. I just love it. You looked great while you were out there. You definitely did. I did amazing, you guys. It was a very hectic week. I I had to finish out Target. Um... Jumped into Create and Cultivate, which is a conference for women. Shout out to all of you who came out to see me. That was so cool, so amazing. It was awesome to see you guys in L.A. Um, I did great. You did because I saw you on several people's Instagram stories. Yes, that's how you know, right? (laughs) I did amazing. Uh, Someone from NPR came up to me afterwards and was like, who represents you? Hmm. She was like, I need to know more about you. And I was like, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Crushed it. Right, but that was beautiful. It was just like I met a lot of really amazing people. Um, I was proud of myself, you know, because I got up there. I wasn't nervous at all, which I really can't give props to us being on tour and also my wellness tour. We're always speaking in front of people, and it's just really prepped me for moments like that. So, yeah, that, yeah you know, where the words just came out <laughs> with clarity, seasoned, you know? Yes. Um, everything. I felt good. I felt like I looked good. I had the express activation. And it looked yeah. so cute. The Thank double, you. The the double shirt and jacket. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool, but you know, nerve wracking because 
it's scary working with brands sometimes when you don't have a lot of time to figure out an outfit because of my shape and mm. my weight. I was like, mm, I don't know if it's going to fit me re- like well, but it was super cute. The dress yes. was cute. The double denim, the thigh-high boots. I think I did great. Shout out to Express. Shout out to Express for that activation. So it was Target, Create and Cultivate Express, and then I did... Um, a campaign for our Acacia as well. Shout out to Shameless Maya, my boo cakes, who helped yes. me film that Ooh. with her awesome self. Yeah. Powerhouse. Then, AKA yo. the fourth member of the friend zone. <laughs> 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 so that was awesome. And I got to spend a lot of time with India Sean. Oh, yeah. Shout out to India. <laughs> Drop the music. Okay. Yes. Did she talk to you about some music? You know, I was all up in it. I was like, so is there a date? Do you need background vocals? Now, you know, you lucky we not in Black Mirror and I can't just download the listens from your eyes and no shit. <laughs> like that my friend <laughs> but you know it'll come out soon it'll come out soon I'm yes. gonna keep pressing her uh, and then I got to show with Jesse Boykin yes. Yes. shout out to Jesse shout Boykin. out to Jesse we went to like hella, you know he's my artsy fartsy friend so he's the one <laughs> I went to all the like art exhibits and <laughs> 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 he took me to that side of town he a Pisces um, his birthday coming up soon yes no it passed already <laughs> oh it passed happy belated birthday right? Jesse happy birthday it's Pisces season all I gotta Pisces. point out you know, I love coming. y'all I have so many awesome Pisces friends what's y'all think the fish Mm-hmm. Yo, it's the catfish. <laughs> <laughs> Black History Month almost. You know, oh, will, look, by the time you listen, Black History Month might be over, but it's Black History Month every month, goddamn. Damn, so right. celebrate. So Shit. Catfish. You might be it's March 2nd, you're like, it is not Black History Month. Yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Nene leaks they ass. Yes, it is. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, no, but it was great. I had just a very productive, and y'all know I don't sleep on flights. Remember, I yes, was having, yes. you know, I was tired when I literally slept that whole flight back. Yes, what? Me. And you guys know that know. I've never been able to, but that's just how tired February has had me. And I felt like I could finally sleep and breathe. Did your but thing. that's a beautiful thing to be tired because you just had an amazing month. So. Yes, you earned it. It's a great week. So I got to just, you know, figure out how to get you out of the West Coast so we can bring this show <laughs> on the road. That's the plan. I mean, I love the West Coast now. Me too. If I get a job out there, I'll come. I was really? about to say, like don't a TV show or something cool where I have really to be in LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't play with me. If I yeah. if I got a gig like that, I would definitely move to LA. Shit, is you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> right? Is <laughs> you crazy? <laughs> well, uh, those of you listening who have a gig for Dustin, what about you, Asante? What will bring you to LA? Um, you know, I'm real easy going. I can start out. Everybody out there that's doing the weed parties and events, I would like to be a host for those things. I, I want to be an attendee. <laughs> and, and you will be in attendance. I will make sure my squad is always there. Maybe I could be like a weed party promoter or something. Yes, you can. Like, there has to be a I believe in you. There has to be a market for that because obviously everybody out there knows that you can get high in LA and it's like they don't want to do the whole thing of like, what's the best strand? I'm like, I got you. And that way weed companies have have to come to me right they have to come to me and be like i got a good strain i'll be be the judge of that and i'll test it out at parties and stuff like that okay those list those of you listening this is the plan let's get it cracking stick to the plan (laughs) smoke bay and when you (laughs) smoke bay yeah when you exhale your smoke it looks like a smoky coogee sweater (laughs) (laughs) smoke bay is actually a really cute idea Uh, thank you and i would party i would love to have a matching pele pele jacket but in green here you go. Yes. How you already getting dressed? I just seen a Pele Pele jacket the other day, and I was, first of all, never mind. Let's just. <laughs> this is probably the wrong conversation to attach this next statement to, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> I want an eight ball jacket. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 
I do though. I want one of the old school eight ball leather jackets. Look, even my mic fell. (laughs) (laughs) But just literally the eight ball jacket. That says no context. You know, additionally. Are y'all ready to jump into this show? Please and thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Let's jump in. So we have some very, very, very special guests with us this week. I mean, very special guests. Right? We have Claude Kelly and Chuck Harmony of Lewis York. Oh, yeah. Oh, my damn. I can't even believe I'm in the same room with these two people. Legend, <laughs> legend. Oh, my damn. Legends. I'm so happy to be here, man. This oh, is awesome. We love you. This these are my nuts. best friends. So this is cool on so many levels. I'm very excited to pick your brain a little bit oh, for the geez. world to get to know a little more about you guys. So I thought it would be a good idea to bring the fellas on. The and fellas. The fellas. The fellas. Someone says the fellas. Mm. That's some Oprah shit. The shin fellas. The shin fellas. <laughs> the shin fellas. Listen, we got to start that playing. shit. That's our quartet. That's shit. <laughs> okay. That's, that's all the male fans out there, the yeah. shin fellas. There you go. Okay. The male shindellas. The, the shin male shindellas. The shin fellas. I like it. No, but you know, we speak a lot on this show about dreams and alignment, manifesting them. How do you do that? Discipline, mental hygiene, as Dustin put it. Um, but it's very rare to meet people in our worlds, in our circles, in our families, friends, just peers that are fully realized. And when I say fully realized, I don't mean that you guys are perfect and have it all together and are done. I mean fully realized in the sense that you had a dream mm. and you accomplished it. Yes. And you accomplished it relatively early because you guys are not even, I mean, I think, when you first got your big break, Claude, you we had just finished college. <laughs> A couple years after college. Well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. We just finished. Yeah. How many people can be in their, what, late mid to late 20s? Yeah, that shit was bugged out. It's bugged out. So I thought <laughs> this is a cool conversation to have Hell because yeah. what happens when you... <laughs> I want to hear about all the dope shit. I, I mean, for real. Like, yeah, like what happens when you shit. reach your dream? That's something that not many of us can say. So, yeah. Sadly enough, not many of us will say. Right. right. And most importantly, you're there. So we want to hear oh, what it's like on the other side of town. I know, my chest is tight just thinking about it. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, brother, I, I see grass a little green over there. Oh. Oh, I was just wondering <laughs> what nah, it's I like. Stay off my lawn, boy. (laughs) (laughs) But let's start here. Let's start, as always, at the very beginning. Okay. Talk to me about your childhood. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding, though, actually. Um, No, let's start from the beginning, the life that you guys were born into. Because one of the questions that always comes to me when I see people who make it and people who don't is, why is that? Especially if you have similar backgrounds. You even see it with siblings, people in the same circles and families that... One one person or, or one side of the family ends up pushing through and persevering, and then there's the other side that just doesn't make it happen. Mm. So, I'm, you know, I'm wondering, what was your family life like growing up? Was, was it something you witnessed? Was it just in your nature? Was it how you were nurtured? Where did this discipline come from? Because I remember Claude, even in high school, because we go way back. We've been friends since we were 14. While the rest of us are being plum fools. Our <laughs> <laughs> young Carlton Banks was, wait, wait. was on we the were, shit. You know, we were in the cafeteria making Pharrell beats on the cafeteria <laughs> table while this one was in the choir room 
you know, put composing and shit and <laughs> arranging putting, vocals, arranging and, vocals yeah. and putting together uh, acapella groups. You remember acapella groups? Like, acapella mm. in our school was a big deal. Mm. The white kids took that shit hella seriously. Mm. And Claude started his own, and it was for the black kids, which was awesome. Because so. we were singing all kinds of dope shit. That he was, you know what I mean? Like, the, our school was a very white private school. We went to a very private white school. You know, and he mm-hmm. had us singing, like, Shy and... <laughs> 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 you imagine. So, you know, you were very disciplined yeah. very early on. So talk to us where that came from. My mother, I mean, my, my family's Jamaican, you know this, but my family's yeah. Jamaican. Um, and I'm the only person that really does music in my family, but my mother was not having it. <laughs> she was no. like, you better be good at everything. I mean, she, she wasn't, she wasn't like, she wasn't like, she didn't force me to do things I wasn't good at, but I had to do something. Right. And so I learned really early on the value of hard work. Because mm. for me, it's not really about talent, because I really believe everybody's talented. Mm. I feel like people have to figure out how to put it to work. Right. So, yeah. so for me, I learned the. I, I started working when I was. I got summer jobs when I was fourteen, all the way till. I remember. I got summer jobs now. Still working. <laughs> um, no, no. But my mom was always like, "You had to like." I just learned early on, like you had to like. You had to learn how to fend for yourself. Like mm-hmm. to me, to me, the same way, the same way we you see celebrities and they have a lot of money and they make their kids. They don't leave nothing in the will for them. They make yes. them. Like we were just talking about me and Chuck was talking about that, but like, he was saying that's what he would do and I would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, my damn. mom wasn't rich at all. My, my, yeah. my, damn, my, my mother wasn't rich at all. She, we, 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 she was. It was a single family. She'd work for everything, but. She also didn't make. She was like, "You gonna have to work for yours too. Like, you're not gonna, gonna sit here." Oh and, shit! Yeah. Like I knew that I had to. I had to figure something out for myself. So I think Claude was five, and his mom's like, "You ain't gonna be no mooch." <laughs> <laughs> you want you a ring pop now? That's seventy three cents. Your nickels don't make themselves. Ring pops don't make themselves now. Nickels don't make themselves for bottom ring pops okay. now. Well, I so so I was always always about like a piggy bank, and I was always about like. <laughs> Getting a job, like I want, I loved be, I wanted to be grown so damn bad. I yes. wanted a job so bad. Like the best time for me was buying school supplies, because I felt like I was buying shit for my office. Yeah. Oh, so I would like, I like beg for stuff I didn't need, like rubber glue. Yeah. <laughs> or and, like, labelizer. Labelizer. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm on like second grade, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I think I need a Xerox machine. Yes. <laughs> Because what I'm about to do this year is going to need to be copied. <laughs> so I always had that mentality the whole time. So I, I, for me, I'm not, I, I mean, I've always done music. I've always loved music. So music was like my language from before I knew anything else. But to me, uh, the hard work that was instilled in me was what I was just focused. I didn't like, I mean, I mean what Fran is not saying is that when we, were in, when we were in high school, she was the same thing. Like I was just very, I was very much like you couldn't. You couldn't tell me nothing about myself. Like, I wasn't arrogant, but I had my plan. Yes. So, like, I was cool with everybody, but it wasn't going to stop me from being the musician I wanted to be. And Fran, Fran, you were worse. Well, no, I think the difference between You were ice cold. Okay, we're not talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm happy I'm here. Let me tell y'all some shit. (laughs) It's the real. Hit me up up if you want to know the real on (laughs) All right, don't say that now. You know, right, 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 right. People listen. It will hit you up. Okay. Right, right. Um, no, my thing is, 
we all worked hard because the school that we went to, shout out to Riverdale, was hard to get into yeah, in the first place and then harder to stay in. Yeah. But what was special about you was that you knew so young what you wanted to do. I loved music. Yeah. You know, we were. I remember we'd be in the cafeteria singing Destiny's Child. Remember? No, no, no. Yo, <laughs> I was uh, always Beyonce. Pe- people's be fighting. <laughs> <laughs> people's sure be fighting. Throw that in there. Boy, I know why you. I gotta, why, <laughs> You better sing, friend. No, but listen. But Claude, (laughs) but Claude, like, had this determination that was wild. Like, when you're that young, you just want to have fun. At the end of the day, you come to school, you want to floss with your new Jordans (laughs) and your parasuchal jeans. Mm. I'm aging myself. Um, But he just had a plan. And who has a plan in ninth grade? Like, who has a plan in ninth grade? I'm I'm an only child. Me too. But... (laughs) <laughs> Damn, you know, exactly. ruin my philosophy. <laughs> but no, but for me, like I, I just, I guess I'm the same way now. I don't really believe in can't. Yeah, I never like even back then. I never, I never felt like I couldn't do it. So I was mm. kind of like, well, I want, I'm a, I'm gonna do music, and whatever I figure out, I'm just gonna kick in the door. and I'm gonna do it. Like I never believed that I couldn't do anything. Right. I never really. Now it would actually piss me off when people would tell me I couldn't do stuff to the point where I'm like, oh, word. I'm gonna show you. So that, that was always my school. yeah, it was, and it was a lot of it was a lot of that at school. It was a lot of do well academically, but you can't do nothing else. Mm. And so. then I'm sure seeing your mom because your mom, single mom, Jamaican. Yeah. My mom you know, is, Jamaicans are notorious for having ten jobs. My mom, I mean, my mom is is she was a nurse. She and she's retired now, but she was a nurse and worked crazy crazy the night shift. hours. Yeah, yeah the I night that. shift. So I, I was I was like. Now they probably reform me to child welfare services, <laughs> but back then I was I was staying by myself when I was like eight, nine, ten, ten, like just playing piano, just playing piano and, and and dreaming as a kid. So I learned that from her how to like hustle for your dream or do whatever it takes. Like the holidays didn't matter to me because it didn't matter to her. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, that's real. Christmas was meant you get paid double. <laughs> no, <she> didn't. <laughs> like. <laughs> You get double time. So I was, I've always been kind of a go-getter like that. It's just, it's just in my blood, I guess. But it's definitely a, a nature thing, too, because there are a lot of kids with single parents that are still plum fools. Yeah, not, I, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, so I'm, it's I'm, a nature I wouldn't nurture. say I'm special, but I definitely feel in that regard. But I do feel like some people just got that thing. Of yeah. course. Right. They got that and drive. You had and I definitely it. had the drive. I had it. You had it, for I, sure. And now Chuck. Yes. <laughs> oh, first of all, Claude grew up in Stuyvesant Town in yeah. New York City, which yeah. was mm-hmm. super cool because it was like the edgy, raw kind of. It was the back then. It was back then. The village was edgy and like it was close. It was right on the edge of the village, and back then it was that was like punk rock and sex. Yeah, and... sex and rock and roll. It was a very different vibe than the hipster vibe yeah, that it now. is now. That's crazy. Right. So that was always interesting, just having that that New York mix. And then Chuck, you come from. East Boogie, East St. Louis, Illinois. Oh, my oh, God. Shit. What was that like growing up there? Um, it was adventurous. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a lot of things. <laughs> but it, it didn't it didn't really faze me because I was just always in my head. So all the shit that I saw, it didn't even matter. I was so focused. Like Claude, I was really focused on what I was trying to do. So focused on what I was trying to do. <laughs> So what about your childhood growing up? Did you were you surrounded by people who were like pursuing goals, pursuing dreams, super disciplined? Like where did you get this drive? Where did that come from for you? 
No, I I didn't really see success. You don't really see success in the in in that particular hood. And then my my family, I was like the first person to go to college, so I didn't see it on that side. But same. <clears throat> it didn't matter. I I saw it on TV, and so my dreams came from what I saw outside of my my particular surroundings. That's yes. so interesting. Yeah. You saw it on TV. Yeah. I mean, I guess I did too, but it's crazy. Everybody that, like, saw success on TV. For I bet, the but first it's, time. it's crazy that you don't have it around you, but then still, like, you see something on TV and that still makes you want to. It resonates. Yeah. yeah. It's dope. I just never saw myself outside that shit. Like, I always, it was like you, I always thought I can get to it. And so, when did you start? Because I know with Claude, he was always super disciplined. Like, he always knew when to kind of cut out from the group because he had mm. to do his thing. Like, how did that come to you? How young were you when you were like, because for those who are listening, Chuck is like, oh my God, the way he plays the piano is out of this world. No, 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 you don't have to let us do that because it is out of this world. Like the first time I ever heard you, I was like, this is this is what Ray Charles' friends must have felt like <laughs> watching him. That's crazy. That's a compliment. That's yeah, my favorite. Yeah, it's like, that's how that's I awesome. feel. You, The first time I, I heard you play, I was like, wow, like, how? You were so young thank and you, you were playing you. like that, thank you know? You, so where you. did that come from, that passion for the piano? And not even just the piano, because you play guitar, bass. I mean, I don't know what there is you don't right. play. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> around. <laughs> You play around. Okay. I, play I around. just play shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that that it, that bug hit me at church. You know what I'm saying? I Aww. I was at a uh, New Macedonia Baptist Church in Centerville, Illinois. You know the music always good at a Macedonia Baptist <laughs> church. You know Macedonia. Okay, where are you at? <laughs> Listen, Macedonia the, Baptist Church. The, the, you the good. music is good and the chicken is good and the food. Yeah. Amen. Joyful, so downstairs. Yeah. She did it. That's my. Oh, oh. Your sister, go look, out for, them, look, out, look out for that friend out. Right. <laughs> your teacher says, take off your robes. Ooh. Come on. Come yeah, on. but but it de- my, my passion definitely started listening at well, some of yeah. us. Mm-hmm. So what, were they letting you play the solos? Like, how did that translate into you I didn't play it? shit. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't let me play nothing. I, I wasn't playing in, in, in at church when I was little. I was just watching them. I was just watching them. I didn't, matter of fact, I didn't start playing piano to college. Wow. Yeah. You're kidding. Really? No, I'm not playing. That's wild. Yeah. And how did that come about? I just, I always fell in love with piano, but it was no pianos around. So I was just, oh, I was just listening. That's such a hood story. <laughs> you know, I, I, my, I didn't have a piano. You, you know, I got my hood stories, but <laughs> I always fell in love with the instrument. And so when I went to Alabama State, I actually went on the tuba scholarship. And so after. Uh, that's the flyest shit I ever heard in my life. <laughs> okay. Who you know got a tuba scholarship? <laughs> so, so, so after that, um, I, I dropped out of the marching band because they practiced too fucking much. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and that was well, my... I know in the that, South, that was serious, too. Yeah, they serious about marching oh, bands at the Black yeah. Black Hop. Uh-huh. Okay, for, for the record, I we were just going it. to New York, and we didn't have no damn marching band. Like, that's, no. that's, that's something we watch on Drumline. <laughs> shit like that. So we didn't whole, even have bleachers no. for us to dance this, this is a whole <laughs> new experience. At the Black Colleges, the marching band more important than the football players. Yes, it is. Really? So they yeah. practice. It's like that school. They practice, and I wasn't happy. It, no, it was just too nah, much. No, just too much for the tuba. Chuck like I was playing the bass note. Training. Training. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even like I was playing the cool shit. I was playing the bass note. It was, it was just too much practice for that. So that was my opportunity to learn the piano. So I took it. 
And how was practicing for that? Were you just doing it I on was super-duper focused. Mm. I taught myself, and it was like eight, nine hours a day. I was just in the practice room. just. But now that you hear out. him, imagine that he taught himself. Man. That don't make no sense. Yeah, I never so took So you've lessons. never taken lessons? Mm-mm. Chuck, what the hell? Man. I mean, you <laughs> be playing you? your fucking ass <laughs> like, off. I'm not like, taking like, it, but you, you give but, a lesson but, every time but, somebody but, see you playing that motherfucker. But the crazy part is, like, I'm still so passionate about it. Like, it, I still feel like that little kid wow. playing in that, that practice room. And I know that because we can be in the living room in the middle of a conversation, and Chuck will stand up and walk <laughs> away from you. <laughs> and you, you'll be like, wow, was this something I said? And then he'll, <laughs> and he'll just start playing piano in the middle. <laughs> like, he, once it hits, it's like, I don't care what we're talking about. I got to go. I literally hear music in my head 24-7. And so, so sometimes I just got to get it out. And that where did that discipline come from, though? Because not, like, the average person is not going to sit for nine hours and practice Anything. No, no. Firstly, I was an outcast, so so I didn't have to fuck with people because people weren't fucking with me. And then, oh, I love that. And then, so secondly, I, I'm I'm quiet by nature, so I was just in my own own little world in college. I wasn't like partying and all that shit. So they so missed it. <laughs> they so missed, they missed it. it. I had a dream like Martin Luther King, so I was I was there, I was I was literally young there Martin to, to figure it out to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I did. Wow. Oh gosh! Any, I mean, whatever questions y'all have, I don't want to take over. I do have a question, but it's I want to keep uh, staying alignment with the flow. I think it's more suited for the, the other you end sure? of the conversation. Go ahead, no, ask it. I'm sure, it's tell. just real related to their work, you know. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay, so so no rules for here. those that are listening, Claude Kelly and Chuck Harmony are behind some of your favorite songs. Yes, they are. And Man. when I say behind, I mean they did it. So <laughs> <laughs> I know that I'm a huge Fantasia Barino fan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I know that you guys are responsible for handcrafting one of my favorite Fantasia songs. Oh, yeah. Okay, Bittersweet. Ooh. Yes. And in the song, and I've, this is some, damn it, this is like some bucket list question asking right now. <laughs> I always wanted to know this. So in the song, Fantasia says, you know, I still have a box Full of things you gave me. Mm-hmm. Start to throw it out. What was in the box? I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> Damn it! I've always right, wanted right. to know. So, so okay. No, no lie. That? Yes. I don't goddamn know. Oh my god! <laughs> but I'm, 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 I'm gonna tell you why because I think the story it's of why something in one of my boxes. No, 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 no. Real talk. The story of the song. I'll tell you how fast it happened. Was uh, they told they told us she was coming to the studio like in two hours, mm-hmm. and we had nothing. And so we made Bittersweet sweet, sweet up in two hours before she got to the studio. Jesus Christ. So the label had, that's the one song the label didn't hear before. Like normally they'll, they'll, they'll like approve a song and say, well, this is one we want, her, we're sending her to cut this song with mm-hmm. you. But at that point, we had already done a one or two. So like, we're just going to send her and see what happens. She's in New York. So we were scrambling to do a song. Mm-hmm. So he started playing the piano and we came with the idea and he went to go build the track and everything. So I was making the song up on the spot, watching the time go down. And asking Chuck, like, yo, is this good? Does this sound cool? Does it make sense? <laughs> and I, me- I remember when that, I remember that part of the verse, actually, when, it, when I did it and I stopped and I was like, is this cool? Does it even make sense? Because for me, it's visual. So I see, I see the artist I'm working with, the ideal video in my head, even if the actual video end up, that comes out is not a- anywhere near as good as the one in my fucking head. Mm. <laughs> but, but I see the video. I see how I want them to look. And I knew that it was a heartbreak. By the time I got to that point, I knew what the song was about. So for me, I pictured Lily Fantasia like in her, in her closet, like going through her stuff for whatever, and just finding this box that she forgot was there. And mm-hmm. what would that feel like? 
So for me, it's all visual. So it's not so much what happened. It's what I want to see happening. You're so, so cool. God, I feel like Isn't I'm on cool? the set of the song. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy, right? Man. Like you can picture it. She delivered though, and it just yeah. shows her. But you she, yeah, she, that's 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 her too because I I demo all those songs. Like Chuck and I do a version of the song before people mm-hmm. before the artist hears it. So there's there's a version of me singing the song the way I want Fantasia to sing it. Right. And that's kind of that's that's as expressive as I can do trying to imitate Fantasia. Mm-hmm. But then. She t- and she's one of the best at this. Mm-hmm. She'll go in there, and it's full theater. Like Fantasia often was crying by the end of a session, like because yeah. wow. she was in the moment of the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that song for me is magic because she took something that happened so fast and made it what we know it to be now. She's a G. It was so timely. There's <sighs> yeah. a lot going on with her personally at that mm-hmm. time. And just the way that she performed the song, I remember when she did it on Good Morning. I will never forget when she did it on Good Morning. America, I remember that too. That blue dress. Yeah, I remember yeah. that and too. And the way she threw her head mm. back when she said, "Start to throw it out." The way she threw her head to the back, I just, I it resonated. Yeah, but the real, that. the real in it, the real in it is that she was going through stuff. So the time mm-hmm. before when we had seen her, she had slid me a note. Uh, this was before her husband, who she's mm-hmm. with now, and mm-hmm. she was like, "I'm going through this thing," and uh, I mean, I'm not going to all the details. No, the note, yeah. but but she was basically like. In so many words, like, what do you do when you like? You should like. It's it's good, but you know you gotta leave. And she's like, and I, the word bittersweet just kept coming up, mm-hmm. coming up and over. Because for us, like you said, it's timely. We always talk about this. The sessions for us are therapy. Fran, yeah. you know, because Fran's been around a lot of sessions. She's been, I think Fran's been to more sessions that me and Chuck have done than anybody, anybody else. else. I yeah. know all for the Lewis sure. York sessions, all the artist sessions. She's been there before or after, so it's therapy. So we don't just go in there and say like, "This is hot trap beat or this hot record. You got to sing it." Go. It's usually like, we sit down. There's no music planned, or we have an, a rough idea, and it's like, "So what's going on in your life?" It's a wellness retreat. A hundred percent. Literally, it is. Cause I want the I want the song. I'm looking for the lyrics and melody, and he's looking for the chords that make people cry or dance, but also that are so real that the artist will want to sing it forever. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if you give someone some bullshit, they'll do it for that one album cycle to make that quick buck. But then when it comes time to do that greatest hits album, even if it was a hit, they're not gonna do it. Yeah. Mm. And that's me as a fan. <laughs> That's me as a fan. That's that's me. That's me complaining about the fact that when I was a kid, I had wanted to go see this Madonna concert once, and I decided not to go because she wasn't doing half the songs that I wanted to see her do because I heard she didn't like them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if I ever write songs for people, I'm gonna do songs that I, I'm gonna try and create experience where they like them. Yes. So they was gonna do them. So I was like, oh, cool. Fantasia's coming here. Then boom, let's find a common ground. So we're always trying to find that like, all right, like, where can we get them where they where they feel like this is like pulling at their heart. And speaking of songs for people, I have a clip. This is so shady. And, and, and Claude, who wrote the song with Akon, is a well-accomplished writer. He's experienced in producing. He knows harmony. He can sing his butt off himself. Oh, yeah. So, if you and that's know, Whitney oh, yeah. Houston. That I, I, I had that Houston. saved in my phone. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Man. Because Isn't that first, crazy? The man. first time I heard that, I was like, did did she, just, did she just say my best friend's name? Now, y'all know, how, y'all know how I feel it's about it. It's on my phone, okay? So, whew, we talked about Man. Fantasia. And we're going to get into Whitney. Like Dustin says, we're not there yet. 
That's like Jesus telling you he like your church outfit. You know what I'm but wait, but wait, but wait. I wish y'all could see like Dustin that. right now because he has cherry chapstick in his hand <laughs> while he's doing it. He's doing it. He, had, he had to reapply after when the Houston spoke. But yeah. So let's backtrack for, for a second. Mm. So Chuck is in college starting to master the piano. Claude, you were at Berkeley mastering songwriting, composition. Not, not even just singing. Singing, vocal, yeah. talent. But both of y'all were going hard in mm-hmm. school, really carving out and cultivating this craft. How did it jump from all of those hours of work, 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 work to you being, like, in the studio? And I remember, I know Claude's story, but Chuck, I wasn't in the studio with you in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But how did it how was the conversion from college to being in studios where suddenly these artists were looking for you? Mm. So I was, I, I, after college, I moved to Atlanta. Hey, so, ATL. <laughs> <to> the, <laughs> I, I still got my 404 number. Like, Me too, hey. ATL is in my heart, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> See? So, but I, I moved to go. Atlanta to, to pursue music, and so I was just on the grind, just... Every chance I got, I was producing for whoever, trap bot guy, whatever. You know and what how saying? did you get it out to them? Like what? Because at that time, not that we're was, old, but the was, internet wasn't like <laughs> it was. It, it was purely word of mouth. You mm. know what I'm saying? Because it was a lot of upper class R&B cats like the Dallas Austins and the Jermaine Dupri's and all that that was doing urban. But in the in the, the um, in the um, the section under that, it wasn't a, a lot of good producers mm. that that can do the people that needed to get to the Dallas Austins and Jermaine Dupree. So that's what I was. I was that dude. You need an R&B shit, some R&B shit. I was that dude. You were Look on the street. Like... Yeah. Look at that but I, I, And plus I was playing at church, so I really wasn't doing it for money. I was doing it for the love because I was comfortable at church. You know what I'm saying? I was making my little... Chuck was on his Devante. You know what I'm saying? I have I have <laughs> my, little ja- my little Jaguar <laughs> S-type and I was just doing my little church gig. But So I wasn't pressed about production. It was literally still passion. I knew what I wanted to get to but I wasn't pressed to get to it. Mm. And how did it go from that to working with Neo in Atlanta and being part of his camp? He just, he literally, through some crazy way, found one of my beats and wrote to it, just randomly. This guy said the beat was his. And so he, after Neo wrote to it and, and the guy found out that the guy didn't do it, he wanted to meet the guy that did it. Stop playing. Yeah. Shout out to the scammers. <laughs> Shout out to the scammers and the fucking scumbags yeah. out there. And how did he figure out it was you? Did the because scammer finally tell him, like, no, bro, no. okay? What happened was when he got ready to mix the record, because he, he made the song for his artist, Paula Campbell, at the time. Mm-hmm. And so when he got ready to mix it, he needed the, the files to the beat. Oh, shit. And the dude was trying to do some back deals with me to get the file. Oh, shit. And, but I was, like I said, I wasn't pressed. So I was playing at church. So he couldn't just come, like, give me a couple thousand. And I was going to do the shit. So um, I made it right. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then Man. that's how you and Neo linked up. Mm-hmm. Woo. And then Claude. Man. So Claude. <laughs> the funny thing about Claude is that where I got my start in music was... Yes, once let's, let's, let's tell the truth. <laughs> once the Claude uh, came out of college and started working in this small studio in New York City, he was like, Fran, let me use your voice. And I was his demo singer for like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I was trying to convince Fran, Fran could sing her ass off in high school. Mm. She had solos. She was popping. She was, she was a star. 
And then so I'm I, trying not to blush. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious because because what happened? What, I, let, me, let me let me give you, let me tell you the whole. Let me tell y'all the real. This yeah, ain't yeah. about yeah, give me, us okay? This ain't about come, me. Come on, she came to high on. school and was super like super chill with everyone, super cool. And I think I, you never put yourself forward as a person that could sing, hmm. right? So I think it was when I, when we started doing the acapella group tones. It was called tones. tones oh my god, tones. <laughs> you know you can sing if you name your group tones. <laughs> tones. Listen, listen, listen. She bust you up. <laughs> tones. So I, somehow you ended up with a solo, and we were all like, it was literally like Sister Act. We were like Lauren. <laughs> you could. And so from that point, she was like super popping in high school. So when we, she went to college, I went to college, came back, and I'm like, we're both in New York now. I'm like, it's kind of my way of trying to get her to sing. Yes. And she, she was down. So every time I'd go around and I'd need like a, a, like a someone to sing or just try it out or experiment with, I was able to experiment with how to vocal produce because of Fran. Like I was like, let's double it. Let's let's do three vocals. Let's wow. let's take from the top. Sing it like Mariah Carey. Sing it like Brandy. Do it like this person. Do it like, and she would just do anything. You know we gotta hear some of that, right? It's, it's <laughs> no, on. It's no, online. No, it's, on, it's online. <laughs> Stop playing. It is totally online. It surely is. Blew me. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, no, but no, it was no, amazing no, but, working but it, with you because you time, were so good. At like, the time, we just be creative and come and come up with stuff. And and Claude had me cutting records for Kelly Clarkson. Mm. I remember he would he would be like, "This one's for Whitney," and I'm like, "Bruh, like I can't I can't sing that high, <laughs> you know?" Like, and he'd be like, "You can't though," and I would think that I couldn't. And somehow this dude would have me sounding, not saying I sounded like Whitney. No one can sound like her, but I was able to hit the notes yeah. mm-hmm. somehow. Like he was that incredible at getting head. you past your limitations mm. yeah. and even us being that young and you're saying that you were vocal producing through kind of like clay my voice was like clay for you like mm. you were able to but you were so good like off rip i just for me you were I, always just so good i just knew what I, we talk about this a lot at weirdo workshop we always talk about a shindo or some somewhere we made up that that's taking on a life of its own but that feeling you get when you know it just is locks and that's just every time you hear a song and you get that them 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 chills in the back of your neck or you're like uh, like that. I was just chasing that feeling, so I honestly didn't know what I was doing after time. Mm. I was just experimenting, and as soon and you'd know it till we'd look at each other. She'd be in the booth, and I'd be like, <gasps> <laughs> "We got one. We got that. Like, don't don't change <laughs> nothing. Stay right there." Because I was I was looking for like that feeling. Mm. So we would just try it out till we got it, and then and that's how I learned a lot about how to make how to work with people because Fran was patient. And she was down to try everything, and and we were broke as fuck. So yo, we would walk. We all yo, up y'all and don't understand. Like we city. we had no money, and I remember I had gotten fired <laughs> from, <my laughs> from job. that job. Yeah, I remember. So I was broke as fuck. Claude was broke as fuck, and <laughs> so we would just live in this little ass studio. That luckily, shout out to Will Garrett. Will yo. Garrett, man, he was an engineer that just kind of let us chill in there. As two broke asses that he knew were talented. <laughs> And he and me and Claude would have to split a salad, one salad for one the salad. whole day and yep. eat wow. it, like nibbling at it. Imagine having to split a split from chopped, that, remember? From chopped. We would be like save up our money for like a nice chopped salad. Yep. Chopped and salad and split it in half and then had to make it last for the whole, whole day. day. And then we would be in the studio all fucking day and then be on the train hopping in the turnstile because we didn't have money, money. and praying that with the cops wouldn't you know, give us a ticket or mm-hmm. get us in trouble, but we yep. legit didn't have the money. And yeah. that's how we were getting home and just making it do. And to go from that 
who was the first artist? Like Chuck, you know, he went and got yeah. Neil through this scammer beat. <laughs> but, scammer beat. <laughs> but who was the one that that gave you that first break that, you know, uh, you called me up like, yo, it's I think, a rap. I think the first person where I really felt like life was going to change was Akon. Because mm. Akon, I met Akon in Atlanta, too. Right. Hey, hey ATL, you know, it's just something, something down in, in, in the water. In the water. Atlanta, 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 Atlanta connects the dots. I mean, so I, I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't remember how what the connection was. It was, it was through like management, all kind of people. But I ended up with Akon, and I felt like my my whole thing was if I get in the room with one of these people, it's a wrap. I'm gonna give all my shit. To, I'm, I'm gonna let them know that I'm yeah. I'm the next. So I never ever like I never made those opportunities pass by, and they didn't remember my name. For my songwriting, so he basically—I don't know what I—I I sold him on, but um, actually, I do remember. I'm tripping. This is a crazy story. I was working. With, this was Red with Red One. Red One. I was working with Red, Red One, this producer One. from yeah. Morocco. He's a genius, and he, and he was working on—he was—he was working on Lady Gaga though. We were all unknown. Yeah. And we Cat were, De Luna, and remember? De, we were writing for Cat De Luna. Yes, I remember being. And Akon, I mean, Red One got the call to go work with Akon. And he was like, can I bring my writers? And so he got the label to, he convinced the label to fly me and Gaga to Atlanta. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, some shit like that. I remember. Wow. Because remember when I met her through you and she's totally different than she is now. Gaga was this like little Jewish girl with jeans and like Super platform. Like, remember her platform? And she had like these black bangs. Yes. She was more like a 50s doo-wop kind of we vibe. All, we, she was just a writer. Or yeah, just trying a to be dope an artist. writer. And in that trip, he kind of co-signing Gaga. He's like, "Yo, I, I can." I, he ended up getting out of her deal and helping her get over to where she was, which, where she still is. And he was like, "I think you're dope. I'm gonna give you a CD of, of tracks to write to." That's all I wanted was just <laughs> someone to give me a, a, a window. And I took that CD and I just went back to New York and wrote my ass off and Ooh. sent it back. And he was like, "Yo, these are dope." And he was like, "I'm sending them in." And I think he cut two of them. One ended up on Leona Lewis. And, one, and that's how it got me to Whitney Houston. Wow. Sheesh. Crazy. Look at them dominoes just falling. Okay, so now you have Leona Lewis, Whitney, Akon on your team. Chuck, you have Neo. Chuck somehow gets on Rihanna's album and produces... Now, before that, he has Celine and... Oh, Celine Dion. Celine Dion! Listen. What? Talk to us about how you got your place. That's a real life changer. The day I met Neo, because after that, after he wrote to the thing and he wanted to meet me and whatever, um, I went in there with a bag full of beats. I played him three tracks. He wrote to all three. He wrote Celine Dion, he wrote to, uh, for Mary J. Blige, and he wrote for Janet Jackson. All in the same day. Rich. And so All in the same day. Wow. <laughs> right, so right. My life legend, just changed that legend, day. I'm on the toilet. Legend, legend, legend. <laughs> I was legend. out there just calling my mama. <laughs> I made it. Yeah, Talk I, about I made Celine it. Dion, Mary J. Blige, and Janet Jackson. Yeah, in, a same day. Day. in a same day. In a day. Neo's a G. Neo's Three a G. I mean, yeah, he changed my life. That's why Neo is always golden with me. He literally changed my life in Neo's a day. Neo's a genius, yeah. Woo, y'all are a testament a to day. discipline. But that, but that, all that led to all that led to Rihanna for him. Yeah. All that, right. All that, and please let receipts. people know what song it was that you did with Rihanna. Russian Roulette. <laughs> I love that song, man. I 
can still feel my heart beat. I can't even believe I'm in the room with y'all. <laughs> I can't even believe I know y'all. This That's is true. crazy. All right, I'm waiting on them to pass me one of them purple flowers from Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> y'all niggas got the juice. Shit. Okay. okay. Shit. Oh, my God. Okay. Don't let me do it. I'm like, the Black Panther. <laughs> It's been stripped away. Okay. <laughs> the competition can begin. So now you guys got your placements. You are in the industry. Yeah. How did that feel? Do you remember the first night that you got like your your big, big placement, dream placement, and you're home in your bed? <clears throat> what the fuck does that feel like yes. to know that you made it? Well, it was it was all a blur when when that after that day it was it just became so much work you know what I'm saying because you you instantly feel you start to feel like it's not gonna last you know what right. I'm saying you don't because you don't really feel worthy of stuff that happened to you like mm-hmm. like that so you feel like every day I'm gonna lose this or Neo not gonna think I'm good no more so I'm not gonna get this opportunity Damn. or and like the, imposter and, syndrome almost yeah yes. and 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 the other part they don't tell you is the money don't come in fast mm-hmm. so you still you still at the church house. I'm still on the organ and shit playing. I, I played for two, two and a half years after that day. Wow. Every Sunday at church. You know mm. what I'm saying? Because I had to until that, until that money started rolling in. But after that, I didn't, I didn't feel anything. I was just so numb with work, so numb with work. And when I, got, when I first got my check, that moment I remember because I got super duper depressed. Whoa. I was, I, Plot I'll, twist. Yeah, I'll <laughs> never forget my my accountant called me and he was like he was all happy he was like yo we did it you know what I'm saying you got you got that they you, always say we yeah <laughs> and they ain't did a fucking thing but but we they, did what yeah so so he was like we did it and I remember I was on my way to the studio and I was in Atlanta and I I sat on my bed and I thought to myself like you work all this time to get this shit what now mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like what what do you do like. You don't go buy shit because I'm not that kind of person. So I, it ain't, it's nothing that I really wanted to buy. Mm-hmm. It's nothing, nobody that I really, really wanted to tell because it's kind of like. Scary. It's kind of <laughs> scary. And yeah. then you, when you don't come from money, you don't even know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Really. Mm-hmm. You're like, you don't. You don't want to brag about it. You don't want to brag about yeah. it. I'm still scared. I'm going to get robbed. Like, mm-hmm. you're. I was gonna ask you if I could have twenty dollars. You know, we got the same wallet. So <laughs> now we got the same wallet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Atlanta connection. You, you always get twenty dollars. You know, what's up, my brother? You was ATL. ATL, but I remember this. I remember this depression of because I was mourning the time that that I it took for me to get it, and I don't. Wow. I didn't really feel like it was worth the time. Wow. Because when you got some blinders on, like even after, because I got my first placement in two thousand seven. So you talking about. All of this time to 2009, I had these blinders on from the time you were a kid to 2009. You got these blinders on to reach this goal. And when you reach it, it don't feel like, Ooh, like you wanted it to feel. And so you start mourning your time. Yeah. Wow. I, I, was, I, I was depressed most of my career because I didn't understand it. Me neither. Wow. And, and this is actually, whew, this is why I really wanted to have this combo with y'all because I have witnessed you guys be depressed. Yeah. And it was a mind fuck for me. Cause here I am sitting in my two best friends, massive like uh high sky what is it, sky rise apartments, mm-hmm. condos, they're millionaires. Everywhere we go, people are like 
tripping. And I don't mean people in the street because most people in the street might not recognize you guys because you guys are more behind the scenes. But I'm talking about when we'd go to events, like yeah. the like executives, artists that know who you guys are, tripping over themselves, loving, praising. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys at the Grammys, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. so emotional, and seeing you guys be nominated and in the studio with legends and icons. And you both were still super sad. Yeah. And that used to fuck with my head. Because I was like, well, then, where? what is happiness if it's not accomplishing your right. dreams? Yeah. Well, I might and as well just rich. go sit in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you made it. What's going on? Yeah, like, I'm like, what more do you need than to be a multimillionaire who reached your goal? Like, if that's not it, then what the fuck is it? Because a, a lie that you tell yourself is that the goal is, is the end result is is the prize, and the journey is the prize. Mm. Mm. And I didn't learn that the first time around. So the same thing happened to me. First of all, all this stuff was happening to both of us in different cities, and I didn't know. I had no one in the business outside. I mean, me, we talked all the time, Fran, but, yeah. outside, but I wasn't in it inside like the business. I, yeah. I, there was no one I was really communicating all that insecurity and fear and depression mm-hmm. to. Because you sound ungr- if you if, if you kick in the door and your first things are Whitney and Britney and stuff like that, then how dare you be complaining? Right. So you don't really say anything to anyone. You're just like, mm-hmm. well, I guess and it's how just... how dare you be sad? And how, dare how dare you, you be, be sad? sad? And yeah. how dare you even say, like, this is not enough or I'm not happy when everyone is, is fighting for that position and trying to take you out because they think where you're at is happy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it was me realizing that the whole time that I was getting there was the fun I was having. Even when it was hard as shit mm-hmm. and it was... I had no, like them splitting them half salads. Salads was a blast. Oh, that's so much. Sometimes it's a lot better than you getting the whole salad and you don't want to talk to. <laughs> Word to that. Yeah, that's you know real though. That's straight up. It's, I mean, it, it, a lot of it was that. So when I when I nailed my first couple placements, I had a panic attack because I was just like, all right, well, if you thought it was gonna take you your whole life to get to these people, and then you get there at the beginning, now what the hell do you do? Where do you go from here? And how do you stay there? And how do you stay there? And what what makes life interesting if if you've been chasing Michael and Whitney all this time? And then, I mean, it seems like it was fast. I had to do a lot of work to get there. But if you accomplish those things at the beginning, then what? Then then are you? What's worth it after that? Are you even good? Is anything you do after that good enough? Should you even be doing music at that point? Ooh. So, so many me, questions. It took so me a long time so to. It took me a long time to undo that, and then I realized that. I could do whatever the fuck I wanted. <laughs> so no, I mean, I mean, literally, that was my mentality. I was like, "All right, cool." So now that y'all, now that this is what like a, a, a black writer from New York has to do to to get it, and I did that now. Now I can have fun. Yeah. And so, and this is still before I met Chuck. This is all before we actually met. This is like this, these are his accomplishments that got us in the door together. Labels put us together because of these things we did, Rihanna and Britney and Whitney and all that stuff. So I was like, "Cool." Now I'm just gonna keep you guessing. And my, my thrill has always been since then, like, as soon as you think you have me pegged, you don't have me pegged. So my so if you look at my catalog, it's like it's not and his too is the same thing. It's like country music. Yeah, as soon R&B. as as soon as I do as soon as I did Brandy, <laughs> then literally they would and be like, Oh, he's he's a black R and B. He writes R and B, duh. I'd come right back around and do Miley Cyrus, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't make any sense. And, and then he I'd wrote be on "Party in the USA," <laughs> the only Miley-, Miley Cyrus song I've ever liked. <laughs> <laughs> real, real shit. And so that's like just how you know, yeah. how, you know, 
you know. And then he said, and then you yeah, swerved on yeah. them and did grenade. So, I mean, it's always been Bruno that. It's, it's been like Do y'all real. I hope y'all niggas understand. Nade. There really isn't a whole lot that I can say because <laughs> the people that y'all have worked with, like I I'm, mean, I, like I can't even believe I'm in this room for real. You talking about Gaga? Like I remember. The start and, and being excited again about pop and being like, damn, there ain't been shit like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even Britney Spears, them records, like Christina Aguilera. <sighs> Come on oh now. Come on now. And so, but that's why, and can you imagine, like, I was on the outside <laughs> looking in. These are my two best friends, okay? And I'm seeing this and they're working with everyone that I'm like obsessed with and I'm freaking out like a little kid like okay who's next what's the song <laughs> you know and then being blessed because a lot of times Claude would let me come and demo the records for these artists so the artists were hearing my voice as well so it was a blessing so to see that you guys like I was saying were still scared and nervous I understood the nervous part because now you made it now yeah. you have to stay there there's right. always new writers there's always people at your fucking heels sure. just ready sure. to get you the fuck out the room you know mm. I understood that part but I and then but your your moms were finally taken care of with money I know Claude's mom's like yeah, always I, I, away that, on a trip that, that part, yeah. <laughs> I mean that, that part is that part is awesome it's yeah. a blessing because I, mean, I love my mom I, I'm, a, I'm a mom I'm a bona fide certified mama's boy yeah. right <laughs> So, I mean, anytime I can make my mom smile is a good day. And so she's that, so proud. And, and she's proud and she's happy and she's living her life completely golden. Yes, Lord. <laughs> which is which is which is makes me happy. But that, that doesn't take away from your personal goals or like what makes you happy what makes you get up and go to the studio or write or go to any job really. And that part you gotta figure out for yourself, even if you're taking care of your mom or taking care of your fam. Right. And there's a quote that I actually always think of by Jim Carrey. Where he said, I of, I've often said that I wish everyone could realize all their dreams and wealth and fame so that they could see it's not where you're going to find your sense of peace and completion. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Mm. Because everything you gain in life will rot and fall apart. And all that will be left of you is what was in your heart. And this wow. Week, that's crazy. I That's love tattoo. Right, right. All love it. Okay. You know, you know, you know, the whole scripture got to go on there. On a scroll. <laughs> but that really, I noticed with, with you guys, with other friends of ours who have fully realized or have made it, is that there's always this sense of my dreams were just one small part that I thought were going to be so much bigger than they were. For sure. Mm-hmm. And then it almost... Uh, kicked in this sense of spirituality into you guys after the fact. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and it's yeah. always, I noticed that, it's, and I'm blessed because I was able to see that as an outsider. Like, it's that spiritual aspect that most people don't tap into early enough because they think that the dreams and the money and the fame and the attention are the destination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's actually the journey. Mm-hmm. How many celebs have you heard say, I would give all of this back? to be who I used to be. You know, like... They, and, I, and I used to think that was so corny. I used to that think sounds it was so dumb. unrealistic. And I'm like, y'all not going to give back millions to, to make your life better. <laughs> and you think it's but, a lie, but, but I get I, it. I, I totally understand that. I'm totally with it. No and can you explain to us as outsiders, <laughs> what is that? What is that yearning for how things used to be? I, man, <laughs> I, 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 money is just this funny thing because 
to to lie and say that it don't bring joy is that's that's retarded. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there is some there is some some pleasure to to having things or to being able to get the the desires of your heart, but there still is some some real emptiness to it because once you have it, it's like if you if you if you experience buying like your dream car and I don't know how many people have, but once you get it, like as soon as you walk soon as you drive it off the lot it's already lost some value to it because you've obtained it and then you you moving on to the next thing or you moving on to the the next material goal in your head because it's the material goal is not a destination for you plus a lot of people don't really i mean and it's easy to say that once you have a lot of money but people don't realize that wealth is money is relative that's the other thing so like you could have a hundred dollars and you have to budget it <laughs> and it's and it's a struggle that don't change if you have a million because the bills get that much bigger. Right. Yeah. Your life expands so with So the hundred dollars that you got a budget is the same as a million dollars, the same as the billion dollars because when you have a million dollars and you have a bigger staff and you had a bigger house and you got yeah. more expensive cars to take care of and you got way more, just, just way more things to worry about. So it doesn't happen that like you just make all this money, especially for people of color because we don't come from generational wealth in this mm. country like that. True. Right. So it's not like someone's leaving you just some family jewels. Right. That's made me think you of don't that. Have the guidance. That's made me think of that goddamn jewel that that lady threw over that damn ship in Titanic. I just got pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, you are as that was so as wasteful. So I'm like, you gotta pass that down to a needy <laughs> child, right? Like right. me. <laughs> but, no, but, no, but but because we don't have that, right? It's it. You don't have you don't have the luxury of just like chilling because. Mm. You know, if I don't do anything, there's like money will be there for me. So you're always thinking about how to budget it. Like I've never been a millionaire that felt like I never made a million dollars and felt like now nah, I could chill. Like I knew that it could disappear because I knew that a hundred dollars could disappear. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean that was another thing that I noticed with you guys. I'm like, yo, first of all, I was like, yo, my friends are millionaires. No, it was just so cool because I had never seen that in my life. And then they were only a year older than me, mm. you know? So it was like, holy shit, this is real. Like, you see celebs say it all the time in their acceptance speeches, like, if I could do it, you could do it. But there's this weird sense of, like, they're not human. Right. Because yeah. you don't know That's them true. and there's, like, a disconnect. But to see your friends that you, you know, you went from splitting a salad and jumping turnstiles with, and now he's a multimillionaire living you know, down on, in Soho, by the, you know, like, it's just like, oh my God, you know, and even things like, um, (laughs) (laughs) even things like, something simple is the fact that Claude has not taken the train (laughs) in so many years, because he doesn't have to. We started to take the train today, (laughs) but then he Ubered. No, but even that used to blow my mind, like, Claude would always be like, let's meet somewhere, and then he'd come out in this nice-ass car, I was like, yo, my friend is popping. Here I was sweaty from the six train and shit. <laughs> now, did you Uber X or did you Uber helicopter? I'm, 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 I'm always Uber X. Oops. I'm, and even your clothing, like they started wearing Uber like really fly Uber stuff yeah, yeah, and getting yeah, haircuts. You know what I mean? I like, but but here's the thing about that is that see, I, I I hope that we never get off that impression. I mean, I get it. I mean, because we definitely could have. But you deserved it. No, I, I, it took a long time to realize I deserved it. Mm. Right. But. For me, 
everything about this is where I feel like Chuck and I have always been misread is that there are a lot of people out there here that do it because they want to be seen and they want to go to parties and they want to find designer clothes and stuff. I've never really cared. Like I've always really been about the music and the feeling and, and the furniture. Sa- I do like furniture. <laughs> I, do like, I do like furniture. But but for me, it's always like like my style is not so much about what the, the brands because a lot of the brands are not high name brands. It's just you it's should the, have your own collection. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> I, I, one day I want to get my own damn connect collection. Can I have pieces from your collection? Yes. <laughs> Done. Mm-hmm. Co-signed. But but for me, it's always been an expression of my mood. So it's always been like, like I literally dress in the morning. Sometimes I'm wearing all black. And it's not even because I'm in a bad mood. It's feel like an all black damn day. Hear ye, hear ye. The two dopest queens to ever do what they do are coming to HBO. So gather around the TV and prepare thyself for the comedy coronation of a lifetime. Watch as Jessica Williams and Phoebe Robinson, a.k.a. Two Dope Queens, bring their comedy podcast to HBO in a series of four comedy specials. Directed by Tig Notaro, each special features your fearless queens dishing on topics like Coco Khaleesi's, dating white bays, sex, New York living, which borough has the best pizza, and so much more. They'll also be showcasing some of their favorite stand-up comedians and chatting with their favorite peeps like Jon Stewart, Sarah Jessica Parker, Titus Burgess, and Uzo Aduba. Two Dope Queens, weekly on HBO. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but but I thought was cool was watching the evolution of you guys when the money came in. You guys didn't change. Oh, that's good. But no, you all, I mean, your clothes got a little fly. You know what I mean? I was like, those are expensive okay. pants. Look <laughs> <laughs> the new New Balance. Right. The new okay. Brand New Balance. Yeah. <laughs> or even suddenly, you know, we'd go to dinner and the bill, because they, they started eating in really high-end places, and I'd see the bill and I'd be like, motherfucker. That was Claude. That was <laughs> no, but all I'm saying is it was beautiful to witness you guys stepping into the your life becoming larger, mm. you know, and that was super cool. Now, here's my question they always say when you start getting wealth and fame and attention that people change, right? Yes. Do you feel you changed, or was it the people around you that changed, or was it both? You asking us both? Yeah, I'm looking I at I think Chuck it was first. both. Yeah, go ahead, Chuck. I, because I just got guarded. And I, I got guarded because I didn't, like I said, I didn't understand wealth. And so you're not only looking for people to rob you just physically, you're also looking for people to rob, rob you spiritually. So I just mm. got guarded. Mm. So mm. that was my change and got super isolated, even with, with, with my friends. You know what I'm saying? I was just, I'm still kind of an isolated guy, but I, when that first happened, I got really isolated. But people did change. Were people asking you for money, family yeah, coming they, out they the Yeah, they ask you for money, and then when you give it to them, it don't matter because once they ask you again, if you say no, then right. the whole it's relationship always, yep. is screwed. And I never understand that. I, I never understood that because I'm like, yo, I just gave you money the last time. <laughs> right. <laughs> and What's <then> that? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gave me no money. Right. <laughs> they be looking at you and your money be like, it's my yeah. And I want it now. It's like it's not your. <laughs> nah, I've so already done this. That, well, they say that you can say yes a million times, but the one time you say, say no, no is the one that they'll one, remember. But it's not like that one no is like they get mad for a day and then they call you the next day. That one no is the end. You don't give right. a damn about me. Yeah, they right. don't give a fuck because they they kind of feel like you just supposed. Like some people feel like their life's supposed to change because yours changed. Right. Mm, mm. Right. And it ain't it. it it ain't always financially responsible. 
<laughs> to do that. Because <laughs> that, because money is relative. You know what I'm saying? That's what happened. Team. That's what happened to MC Hammer. He had a lot of money, but if you're taking care of a lot of people, you you still you're gonna be in the hole. Still not responsible. And really fast. And when you don't come from money, you don't know when that time is coming. You know what I'm saying? So you kind of extra careful, but then you you kind of sympathetic to people's needs, and everybody got the the, the mm. nicest stop story about what oh, they need. Lord, I can only imagine. As a nice person, it just eats you up inside. Yeah. What about you? For me, I feel like it's probably a combination of both for the same thing as he said. But people, people show you who they are Yeah. Uh, when money's involved. So it's not so much about them asking for money. I learn a lot about people when they... People change when they find out you got money. But I mean the people that you thought were going to wish you well, they don't wish you well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like the ones, who, the ones who should be happy that you got a song on the radio and, and they start kind of side-eyeing you and you're like, but I thought we were, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's always what, and it happens still. That doesn't stop happening. It's an eye-opener for me. And also just the fact that People don't understand that the ask comes after the ask comes after the relationship, mm. not before it. So there's a thing where now that you have zeros in your bank, so I could just come and ask you for something. Right. I'm like, but I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, right. there's this feeling like, like it'd be like if you walk up to Oprah and you're like, "Yo, you're Oprah, so like, give me a show, like, give me a million dollars." But you would it would require anyone giving you something would require them knowing you. And wanting to do that. And people feel like they can skip those steps with you because those zeros mean that you can skip the relationship part. I'm so glad you brought that up because I actually wanted to do a whole show about that. <laughs> no, I really did because I'm I'm nowhere near a millionaire. <laughs> like, nowhere near. But people near. see you. But people see that I'm doing better. Okay, yeah. And there's this thing now that I'm noticing where people get mad at me if I don't align with them because they ask me to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's this like it's this sense of obligation that people try to project on me. Like, well, you you put on. So you have to do and you know, I always talk about ecosystems, which in a weird way is starting to bite me in the ass because people are like, Well, you're the ecosystem right. and mm-hmm. I need this. Yeah. And it's like well it doesn't really work that way. Like ecosystem to me is an organic thing it's Mm. my peers it's my friends it's my family it's people i know who've been trying to do something and for whatever reason didn't have the resources or the opportunity and i have a link or i have a person or it could be me that to me is what an ecosystem it doesn't mean that you can like dm me (laughs) or email me and because you have this plan I'm supposed to be like, come on, and then put my money down, you know? But then you look like a bitch or a bad person or Hollywood or whatever when you don't do that for everyone who expects it of you. So I can only imagine on your level, like, what that must have been like. Right. DMs popping. Yeah, but and also, listen, we're around people that still have done a lot more than we have. And they're going through the same problem. Yeah. Right. So it like it it doesn't change. What's that like Easter? What's that Easter Ray thing which, that everyone went, went viral where she was saying how about how you should network? Yeah, you should network on your level. Yeah, yeah. Like right. it makes a whole lot more sense to talk to the people that you have a relationship with. You've been rocking with them, so you're like, yo, let's, right. let's do this together. Mm-hmm. Right. But people don't see that. Someone someone who really wants to be where y'all are at is gonna walk up to you because just because they see something, you just, just assume you got a lot of money. 
like put me on and you say no and, you, and they're like asshole Right. <laughs> like, Do you but, experience a lot of that too outside of money, like in the creative as well? Yeah. yeah. Like that's even worse. Are you I, kidding me? The number I, one question <laughs> is just like, <laughs> no, because you got fr- like you meet these people and everybody want to be every, at a certain point. A lot of people want to be musicians and, and famous. And, and at famous. a certain point, that's all day long. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And artists, and so you have these people that you have different kind of relationships with, and and they but because they have that kind of relationship. They they feel they feel like you're obligated to give them what they ask for. Like they you feel like they feel like you're obligated to to give them a bittersweet just because yeah. you gave it to Fantasia. Mm. But I'm like, the talent level still got to be at a certain level so <laughs> that, we can create some. That's magic, why it's you know disrespectful to got me. Is that anyone so, who's doing what you're doing, you're passionate about it. Every single thing. Some people come to you like I'm like oh Yo, you just you just wiped out the whole fact that there was like a lot of work and that's a lot my, of that is literally the point that I was getting ready to to have you expound on because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times people look for well, like when you mentioned they ask or they request that you put them on mm-hmm. as if you know there was no I like how Oprah always because you know Oprah you Oprah, know I love Oprah, Oprah. I love, <laughs> I love Oprah. you know she always said that it's all about being prepared like preparation and opportunity the intersection of those yeah. two things Amen. so it's not just about oh well you got it put me on mm-hmm. that's such a general umbrella request <laughs> like that lets me know right there that you're not even ready, ready. for right. any you're type really of opportunity it has to make sense. And when you got your quote-unquote big break, both of you all, as talented artists, there was work done to prepare you for that moment mm-hmm. when exactly. the door opened, you had the shoe on to kick your motherfucking foot through all the way up through there. You right. know what I mean? With content that legitimized you being in that position. And so, I don't know, people, it's just, a, it's always been, you know, baffling to me that people would request like, oh, well, you know, put me on or whatever. What are you even asking for? Right. You know what I mean? What do you have to offer right. that makes this opportunity worthy of you even being in that position? Exactly. So, I know y'all dealing with that shit too. <laughs> every, every day, every day. That's well, the they say part. people want to start at your finish line. Right? Like Man, what? That's some deep ass shit. <laughs> I do. That's mind blowing. So I can only imagine. Jennifer Hudson once told me that. She said, "When you get to the top, every, you take you you have to take the stairs to the top." Oh, I remember that quote. And then everyone else wants to take the wants elevator. to ride the, the elevator with you mm-hmm. afterwards. It's like, but I had to climb the stairs all the way up here. <laughs> okay. You can't meet me on floor you can't, two. They're like, they're like, well, send the elevator down then. <laughs> like, no, climb the stairs. Like, and I, that, that always stay with me because yeah. it's just appearance. And by the way, it's not just it's not just their fault, especially in the in the entertainment business. It is the fantasy of the entertainment business yeah. that it looks easy, yep. and that it came from nowhere, and that and you can just get discovered sensations. overnight. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? That's that's the lie they tell you. That I think is that bur- that bubble is just beginning to pop now because of social media, and you see that all the fugazi most of the time. Right. But for most of the most of the entertainment history, it's been this thing where like it's not they, they try to pretend it's not a village. Mm-hmm. They try to pretend that it came really fast and easy. You don't have to do nothing. And so it's easy for people to walk up to you and be like, yo, give me. <laughs> when it takes a lot of years of practice, a lot of years of no's and rejection and mm. mistakes and trying to get around and, and, and just really just trying to struggle to make it happen. Mm. And that's why you're defensive about it. Not because you, I, I want to help everybody. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes too gullible because I, I feel people's problems and their pain and I want to, I, I see the, the solution. I want to fix them. But you gotta, 
you have to be protective of yourself so you have something to give. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Right. So how did you guys overcome... So, okay, now, you know, you got your placements, you got oh, your Lord. millions, you you know, and you did it. You did it. How did you overcome the, the sadness and also the financial fear? Because becoming a millionaire when you're a kid, you know, single parent, and both of y'all are single parent, you know, we don't have moms that has have ever dealt with millions of dollars right. that could tell us. You know, that's and that's scary because we look to our moms for a lot of Everything. guidance. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, you your life is bigger than she's ever seen. She mm. can't. Eat, it's beyond her scope of understanding. So you don't even have that person, mm. and your mom is like probably the only person you trust at this right. point right. <laughs> right. that you would mm. even tell anything to. Right. But she can't even help you with this. So how? My first question is. How did you overcome the fear of it all and the depression? And then my second question is, and how did you figure out financially how to navigate being a millionaire? Like, did somebody tell you to get a financial advisor? Did you fuck up and spend hell of it and get scared? Like, oh, wait, I might need to chill. <laughs> Let me get some help. Which, you know, let's start with the how you overcame the fear part. Well, the, the financial fear—I I never overcome that. Like I, Still. I, I've I've just come to the conclusion that I'm a musician and I'm in the entertainment business, so you have ups and downs, and so you just allow yourself that that wiggle room. Like you know, it's not gonna always be millions in the bank, right? And you hopefully you don't get to deplete yourself, but there's still there's. I, I I just think at any um, at any level there is some financial t- tension, and so I just learned how to embrace it. I know how to edit myself when it comes to spending and stuff. So I just I just faith in that. <laughs> That's how I deal. So with you're it. more open to like the ebb and flow yeah. of having money. Yeah. What about you? How'd you handle the the fear of suddenly being a millionaire? I'm still scared. The first in your family. Shit. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I still have panic attacks about about if I'm overspending or underspending. That's because it's just in my it's mm-hmm. in my DNA. Like yeah. when you're when you grow up poor or you grow up like learning how to budget how and how to shake it, you that you never lose that. And I'm actually happy that I'm that way now because it's better to have it when you have money because mm-hmm. then you know how to not blow it. So <laughs> I'm flashily frugal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Frugal. Like, I do like nice stuff. I do like to eat out sometimes. <laughs> I do have my vices, but I'm also super, super frugal. Like, yeah. Like, so, like sometimes sometimes I'm eating crab cakes, and sometimes I'm having oatmeal for every meal of the day. <laughs> Real yeah. talk, still today. Like, people think it's like, like I'm, I'm that person. Like, I'll, I'll put myself in the corner. Mm-hmm. And be like, all right. All right, nigga. Like you doing, you doing a whole lot now. So it's, it's time to have crackers for dinner. <laughs> and I'm that. That's just how I am. And I, and I thrive off of it. It actually helps my workflow. Wow. It, it makes me. It makes me feel like I have something to overcome. Yeah. I have something to fight for. Like you can't just be sitting there eating caviar and talking about the struggle. Like, <laughs> Not because <the> <laughs> shit, shit ain't hard. So for me, it's about putting myself. Even even if I have the money in the bank, I still section it off in a way where I don't. I'm not sitting there knowing it's there. Like, I put myself, I've always put myself on a budget. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, nice. So yeah. that ties into my next question. How did you, did you get financial help immediately or did you have to make a couple mistakes? Like, how did, because I know now you have, like, your accountant and your whole team, but I didn't how know did I, you, how did that come about? I didn't think of, I didn't think to have an accountant, accountant, but I was still very good with my money from the beginning. They Sometimes they tell me that, I, they're like, you know, you can. Have a little fun. Yeah, you can go ahead and, like, actually 
pay for that. Because <laughs> I just, I just, I'm always thinking about a rainy day or if I might need it for something that's that really is important, like health or yes, or like necessary travel to get to someone. If I have to get to them, I'm always worried about stuff like that. Mm. And my my fear, I'm, it, I hate that it comes out of fear, but my fear is always that someone needs me and I can't get to them, mm-hmm. or someone needs help with their money for health and I can't help when I, because I blew it on a chain. I would feel awful, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that kind of stuff keeps me in line. But early on, people like uh, Akon and other producers like that suggested people. They they, they saw that I was smart and I was trying to be in this for the long haul. Oh, so they would just bring it up? Like, how would that come? Were they like, yo, just so you know? I I got a lot of gems. I I got, like, I got, like, get a financial advisor from Akon. I got, like, ecosystem sign a prenup. (laughs) <laughs> I got all. I got all that. I got all that advice. No, because I mean, yeah. these are people that these are people that have been through stuff, and so you listen when people are remain wealthy, or even when they lose wealth and come back, and they they have lessons to tell you about how not to make make the same mistakes. Yeah. I try to make. I don't want. I don't want to be. I don't want to be a fuck up just because I didn't listen. Yeah. So I try to listen to people that have been through that stuff and know. So the element of humility is important then, right? Once you attain certain levels of success financially, yeah. so that you can even receive that information from oh, somebody. True. That's true. Got to be, got to be humble all the time. Because mm-hmm. I just said to Chuck yesterday, because we're in a in a phase right now where we're recording new music, and when that happens, mm-hmm. we put ourselves <laughs> <laughs> right. Is that right? We put ourselves what we call underwater, mm-hmm. which means that like you go you go in a study phase. So it's like. You know you're about to learn. Your mind's about to be blown. I'm reading a lot more. I mean, I read a lot, but I like I'm purposely reading. I cut my cable off, so like I'm just literally that's in this zone. And what I've learned is that you never know shit. <laughs> you think you know, but you don't know, which requires you to be humble. Yeah. So I thought I knew everything in 2007, and I thought I knew everything in 2009, and so on and so forth. And every single time I think I have this thing figured out, life blows my mind. <laughs> And life, I'm talking about in good ways and bad ways. Yes. Like, you realize that, like, yo, like, money don't last forever. Friends don't last forever. Teams don't Te- last teams forever. Teams don't last forever. They don't, teams oh, do not last forever. <laughs> Promises don't last forever. And so as, as much as I can try to be forever prepared. Don't forever don't <laughs> Plug. You know what I'm saying? Plug the record. Uh, Jasmine's home. Uh, Still about. <laughs> Put right Produced by Chuck. <laughs> Side note, Chuck. Still forever don't. Forever don't last. Jasmine's husband been produced by Chuck. Produced Harmony. by Chuck. Like Harmony. what? You see what I'm Listen, saying to you? Yeah, man. We don't have to have a section where y'all just brag about what you've written. Yeah. So <laughs> I would I like really that. Would love, for real. No, we'll do that. We have to because the world needs Ask to the know. Ask the questions. <laughs> but, I mean, but I mean, I mean that actually. If I'm being honest, that's actually you're asking like how we got over it. But I don't really think we got over it. Or how you're working through it, rather. Mm-hmm. Even constructively, until me and Chuck had an actual conversation about it. Mm. So, we were all friends, but not. But we were friends, but not the kind of friends where you're not really keeping it real about, like, your real fears mm. or, like, your money problems or, right. or like, what the future holds and how you feel about it. That's, that's kind of friendship me and Chuck had before. Where, like, we did, I, I'm talking about we did Fantasia and everything after that that we did together. Tori Kelly, all up to right that point. <sighs> And hadn't <laughs> hadn't really had a real convo, and then it wasn't until right before all this the new wave of us we are the workshop Louis York. The, what caused that was that conversation. Was I was I, he was like, "Yo, I'm depressed. I'm getting ready to quit," and I was like, "I'm depressed. I'm getting ready to quit." 
Damn. And that's after all the stuff that we talk, all the artists and all the cool all stuff. All the accomplishments. And then we, the conversations were about money and like, here's how we think that, that, that we're not getting paid enough or how, or why is it worth this or how come this, just all the conversations about what made us unhappy and what got us so far from our passion. And we decided to link up literally arm in arm, like we're going we're, we're gonna to save each other from this bullshit. Mm-hmm. And so the music that we do now is actually a reflection of us coming out of the first seven, eight, nine years of success, but personal confusion and misery and what the hell am I doing and is this even worth it? So the purpose is literally Lewis York. Yeah. Before we move on to that, Chuck, I just (laughs) want to know, (laughs) how did you come into, who put you on with gems on how to handle this money? Well, I I got my financial advice too soon. I didn't even have money. (laughs) But because um, I signed to the same management company as Neil, they just gave me his whole little thing. The, oh, lawyer, shit, the lawyer, the accountant, the whole thing. It's kind of dope, kind of Yeah, not. very. But, so I had it early, and you know what I'm saying? And the financial advice, they still work for you, so it's not that much advice they give. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I fucking love I, Chuck Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> so... But that's that's I mean, how I got talk. through it. Just. A lot of it's common sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. like to me, I, people don't count, people don't give enough credit to common sense. Everyone's looking for some magic book. Everyone's looking for Deepak Chopra to tell them how to do shit. And it's like, right. yo, but if, if you could just use your brain, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you got thirty two dollars and you might not want to charge that thirty four dollar Gucci belt this week, you know, that's common sense. Like, and a lot of times I feel like Chuck and I click. Because we're like, yo, this is, that don't make no sense. Let's just not do it. Let's not cause more problems for ourselves. You know, it's funny that you brought up that Gucci belt because, <laughs> you know, well, I'm just, speaking of Gucci. as a black man, you know how awkward, well, maybe, you don't know, it might have been a while, uh-huh. how awkward it can be when you're in a, a place and you're spending money and people are kind of looking at you like, oh. I don't think this person has any money. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. how has that looked for you? Have you been in places sometimes and been like, like, I'm about to spend a shitload of money and these people are looking at me like, I'm not about to do that and this is crazy. Or like, have you ever been in a situation where you've been treated a certain way? or in a store? Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, that's, All the that's, time, that's being yeah. black in America. Yeah. Right. Like, I remember working retail in Atlanta and I remember people, producers and stuff coming in in jogging suits looking like they haven't done anything in yeah. like a week and people being like you should go help that one <laughs> and me being like putting my hands together being like I'm about to get this cool. sale get they about sale. to like yeah. spend money yeah but I mean I get followed through stores now and 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 it took it took a long time for me to just not give a shit because it's, then you kind of feel like you want to show them yeah that they're wrong and then that's when you spend too much that's money when you, and, then, so that, and that, that that's and you, they I went anyway that shit too many times. right they went anyway <laughs> like nah bitch because ah! you giving them because then you're giving them your but business. yo listen but but the lesson was like what I learned what's why I'm grateful for like the the first part of my career was I saw a lot of different kinds of people with a lot of different kinds of wealth yeah mm. so I worked a lot with Max Martin mm. who's the god of pop Ooh, writing we. yeah and you wouldn't recognize Max on the street in terms <laughs> in terms of the way he presents himself and that's not cuz he presents himself shabbily it's just like mm. white t-shirt blue jeans converse sneakers maybe adidas Prius, maybe. Mm-hmm. A Prius. You're talking about. You're talking about like <laughs> hundreds of millions. Every song, every, he's changed the game for everyone so many times. Mm-hmm. So you start to realize, oh, there's different kinds of wealth, and how you and how you show it depends on how long you want to be in this. Mm-hmm. 
Because <laughs> to speak to that point, you, when, you, when you don't see that, like you grew up in New York, so you saw different kinds of wealth. Mm. I didn't. The only wealth I saw was the hood wealth, like the mm. dudes with the cars and the rims and shit. So my, the, the, the biggest lesson I learned in the music business was when I came to see you at the studio. You remember that story? Mm-hmm. I LA? came to see him at the studio, and I had my little, I had my little urban placements, and I had just bought my, <laughs> you say my little urban placements. I just, <laughs> super you know disrespectful, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have my, because that's part of the story. I had my little urban placements, so I, I bought my little urban Mercedes right. Benz, <laughs> and so I, I'm going to see my friend at the studio, and I pull up in my new Benz and shit, and Dr. Luke is in the car next to me listening to mixes and he's in his Toyota Prius. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Listen Damn, to my Katy Perry. Katy Perry mix. You talking, talking about. You talking about the embarrassment of life. Because <laughs> it's not like I met a famous songwriter or famous artist. I literally met neck and neck producer to producer. And it's levels to this shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Dr. Luke is one of my favorites. So yes. it's, I know it's levels. That's, that's, I look upward to that. And so to see the disparity in what we was driving. <laughs> and he was listening to his little, probably future number one record that was that was going to make him more millions while he drove his little Prius, and I'm sitting in there in my air-conditioned Mercedes. Okay. He's saying, this is what the rest of America's got. Yeah. They got to hear what it sound like but in it, this. It, it changed my perspective, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't see that growing up. Uh, and then when I got in the music business, I was still kind of in the urban lane. So you, you just, you get whips, and that's what you get yeah. when yeah. you get some money. And so... Just even crossing over there to to see um, to meet Claude and and to meet Dr. Luke through that, I saw a whole nother side of having money where you, where you don't have to wear it. Cause mm. I knew he had money, but he didn't have it. He didn't have it on. Mm. I had all my money on. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say I follow all the jewelers on Instagram. <laughs> I'm thinking about whenever I give me some money, I'm putting all of it on my head. <laughs> I'm trying to wear it all at one fucking time. And that was and that was that that little short period of my life when I when I first got signed. Neo gave me this big ass compound chain. And so it was a short period of my, a super short period. Because I, I don't like jewelry. I don't like none of that shit. But I just felt like that's what you do when you get on. <laughs> you get a Mercedes and you get a, 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 chain. a, a chain. Was it fun, Chuck? <laughs> Man, I had fun. Ah. <laughs> I, can, I, I can't lie that, that it was. Chain. I had <laughs> I had some fun with that. You know what I'm saying? A chain and, and, and a Mercedes in, uh-huh. in L.A. get you some things. Yeah, uh-huh. 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 a It gets you. Some events in the evening. Some events. Talk about that. There you go. Some events. In now the tell evening. us about Some events in the evening. Tell us about the most expensive car you've probably ever purchased. Oh my god! Anything more expensive <laughs> than the bits? I just need to know the life of a millionaire. These might be nah, things that, was, that y'all might have crossed things off my bucket list. I don't nah, have to worry that, about. That, so you no, know, who that, has the jet? That Mercedes was that was my biggest teacher because I got so disgusted with that car that, and not to, not to minimize right. that I gave it to my mom because Damn. she deserved it. <laughs> But, oh, so she loving it. No, but I, it just, it represented something that I didn't want to become. Mm-hmm. And so after I, I drive a pickup truck now, you know, I drive my little Ford. I, I mean, I, my I, big Ford. I, but do, I, drive I, I, I do drive a Porsche. You sure You do drive a Porsche. <laughs> However. That I enjoy. And as his best that friend, I, I do you. ride <laughs> in the <laughs> Porsche. In the passenger side <laughs> of your best friend's ride. <laughs> <laughs> you see. But let me tell you, I have fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. No, but I, I got a Porsche. Claude really, when we were in LA, 
uh, I was staying in his crib and he was elsewhere. I think he was like in Nashville. He was he gave me the keys. Like if you need to drive the Porsche to go get this anything in the supermarket, I was like, who are you? Because because they're, 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 they're who am I? They're, yes, I, give me the keys. I, lo- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the I love the car, but they're still just things to me. Yeah. Like they're not they don't really mean that. Like yeah. cars, I'm not obsessed with cars. Chuck had to convince me to get the Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> True story. I went. I was looking for a Jeep Wrangler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got <laughs> in that. And I got in that shit. And I was driving. But he LA. wasn't looking for the good Jeep. He was looking at the, the, the you know, the, the white boy, yeah. the white boy nine hundred two and O brand mm-hmm. Walsh, oh, yeah. like the one that don't even white ride. White hair good. flowing in the wind, <laughs> but you ain't got no white hair. That's all right. You feel it. You feel. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like it. the whole nine hundred two and O. I was. I was trying to relive that crap. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm gonna get me like a Wrangler, and I'm gonna be out there like, come on, Brando, let's go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I got in that for a test drive, and it was the most uncomfortable. Yeah, it was just it wasn't me, and so I was like, I've always wanted a Porsche. He was like, Yo, you should treat yourself to something because I'm not not that kind of person. I usually treat myself to vacations, mainly because I like to travel. So it's the only it's 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 a luxury car, but it's it's the car I wanted, not the car that I'm. I don't, I don't really go there. You barely I, drive it, though. I don't really go nowhere. So hey, ain't just, nothing wrong with you having no damn Porsche. Anyway. Right. I'm saying, like, I just, hard I just like, but that's my mentality. You hey. see what I'm saying? Like, my yeah. mentality is like, even still, I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, what, where could I be using this otherwise? But I just enjoy the car for my personal, you know, to go to, go to Kroger's and shit. That's right. In a Porsche. Oh, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Go to Publix in a, in a Porsche. Hey. <laughs> go to Beauty Supply in a Porsche. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Drop by Sally's Go to yoga. <laughs> go, to, go to yoga. In a Porsche. In a Porsche. Get you a bump of In a Porsche. In a Porsche. This week's episode is also brought to you by Z-Quiet. Z-Quiet is a revolutionary anti-snoring product created out of one family's need for peace and quiet. Dan and Trina Webster were desperate for a solution for Dan's snoring. And their personal desperation led to a simple solution to a problem shared by millions of Americans. Made in the USA using soft BPA-free material, which is very important. That means it's toxic-free plastic. Z-Quiet is a comfortable, easy-to-use mouthpiece that has been helping snores and their bed partners for 10 years. Just pop it in when you go to bed, and Uh it works immediately. You can talk and even drink while wearing Z-Quiet. That's so cool. You can talk and drink. Ain't that crazy? Wow. (laughs) I love a nightcap. (laughs) Because it works on the simple principle of moving the lower jaw slightly forward to open the airway and prevent vibrations that that create snoring noise. Try it with confidence thanks to their 30-night better sleep guarantee. Right now, Z-Quiet is offering an exclusive $15 discount just for our listeners. Just go to buyzquiet.com and enter promo code ZONE. That's B-U-Y-Z-Q-U-I-E-T.com and enter promo code ZONE to get your $15 off discount. Kick snoring out of bed and sleep quiet with Z-Quiet. So do you think the a part of what made you guys sad at some point was that what you guys thought success was wasn't what you actually wanted. Yeah, for yes. sure. Is that what it comes down it to? It just, like, 
nothing, chasing someone else's ideas. Nothing in the music business was like what I thought it was going to be. Right. I thought it was going to be Please like... Please expound. First <laughs> of all, I thought they cared more about talent than they actually did. So Woo! I, say that. I thought, <laughs> say that again. I thought, that, I thought they cared more about talent than they actually did. Mm. So I thought when you do make it, when you get to the Celine's and you do get to the Mary's and the Janet, that it gets easier. You mm. get more respect. Mm. But you you don't get it. You don't get that. You don't get it. Like you you literally like when the NFL players say that that NFL sometimes is slavery. That's what the that's what all of it is. Yeah. It's just it's a form of slavery where they underpay you for a service and you get no respect. Especially when you're behind the scenes. Artists don't really get that much respect, but especially when you're behind the scenes, you don't get no respect. They don't even want to credit you. Which is crazy because you're literally handcrafting their success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if anybody would get the respect, you would think that the artist who delivers it and literally the masters who created yeah. it would get that respect. Yeah. If not for you, it damn sure wouldn't be none of them. That's why you cuss their ass out. Cuss their ass out. That's why. <laughs> right there. Cuss their ass out. Straight up. I'm going to have the hard way. I mean, I think we've both been... Part of what gets this where we are is that we work well with people. Mm-hmm. But what I struggle with because of that is... I thought that being as professional and good, the best at times, most of the time, if I'm going to keep it all the way real. Keep it real. Um, <laughs> was was all you needed to do to get the respect, the money, the space, the platform. And that's not the case. Like, mm. you got to kick ass sometimes. And I, I did a lot of kissing ass to get there. Then I did a lot of maintaining and, and making sure everyone else was cool. And then you realize that, like, it sucks. It sucks, and 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 no one gives a shit about they don't, they don't you personally, or even about your art or how much time you put into it. So you have to start being forceful. It's not about being assholes; it's about being defensive of your time. There you go, right mm-hmm. there. And what I learned the most was that time. It's a lot about money, but time is the only real currency. And so I get angry now. Like I can spend money, and I can be like, all right, cool. Like we tried some stuff, and and we blew some money, but we were trying. Because I believe that'll lead me somewhere. But wasting my time mm. is an easy way for you to never hear from me ever again. Mm. Easiest way. Because you can, it's the only thing you can't get back. Yep. Yep. You can't get it back. So the money, the car, all that stuff is cool. Even me writing songs. I know I can write songs well, so I can write another song. But the time I wasted, if you, if you, didn't, if you don't deliver like you said you're going to deliver or do what you said or you don't respect what I put into it, I can't. It's that, that's the part that's hard for me to forgive because mm. you can't give it back to me. Yeah. So the so the apology doesn't. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean anything at that point. As a songwriter and as a producer, you know the best of the best. To be clear, <laughs> <laughs> but as those, in those positions, how do you guys feel about Quincy Jones' recent comments about the state of like songwriting in the music industry today? How most people are just relying upon you know a catchy hook or something you know resonating with people in that way, as opposed to the complete structure and the technical knowledge of how to structure a song. How do you guys feel about those comments? There was no lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not one lie. <laughs> I knew mm-hmm. you were going to say that. And what he said about creativity. And he, I was happy he said it mm-hmm. because it needed to be said, but because there's so much fucking noise online right now, everyone tries to take you one down, but it's very hard to take down Quincy Jones because... I mean, he's the architect. Yeah. So I was waiting for someone who you could not, you who you couldn't make fun of yeah. or turn into a, a online joke. Say like, yo, y'all, y'all suck. Mm. <laughs> Shit. I wanted someone to say it. Yeah. 
because most of us can't say it for there's always there's always some loophole or some some joke that can be made but someone who really who's like nah I, I work with the best even the ones you don't know I worked with mm-hmm. to say to say that 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 this that the business sucks because the business sucks mm. the business of making music making money through music sucks and the way that people handle the art itself and the artists and the creatives that make it sucks mm-hmm. and someone had to say that so I was relieved I'm actually more pissed that he apologized yeah, yeah. I was pissed about because you should earn, at 85 you earn the right to say what the hell you want to say about <laughs> yeah it. you know grandmothers really? grandfathers been talking they was the That's first shit talkers right you know? <laughs> That's how you learn how to talk shit. That's listen gold. Your when you can and your just say what the hell you when I'm 85, <laughs> yo, listen, all y'all in here, when we all 85, when I start talking my shit, don't come, don't come in on table and tell me you like to go apologize. You want know, me to like, take your side? Like you should probably nah. apologize. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, turn my wheelchair in your direction. <laughs> like, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's friendship right there. Shit. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was genius. We yeah. have, I mean, we, we. In my opinion, it's actually changed how we've been creating recently. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it reminded me that greatness, there's levels. Mm-hmm. And because when you start to talk about him, you start to dig through them records, you realize, like, oh, like, he know, he's done shit that none of us have done. You pull uh-huh. your lip right back up to the yeah. other one real and, fast. And when, I, and when I say I'm the best, I, I, we read it, and I, I talked to him, I was like, I feel like I got a good spanking. Yep. Yeah. Because it felt like someone who's who knows a lot was like, you guys are all fucking up this generation. Yeah. That's how I feel. Unless you've done close to what he's done, you should feel like you got a lot of work to do. A lot of work. That's how I felt. So I was like, well, let me go sing these songs a little shit. better. Let me go, you know what I'm saying, make sure my shit is airtight because grandpa music <laughs> literally told grandpa us. Grandpa For real. <laughs> and in the most respectful way. Right, like, right. Yeah. The grandfather of music was just like, yo, like, I don't like this. <laughs> And everybody listened up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Do you guys think that there's a way to be in the mix, like working with these artists, you know, making all this money, being in the limelight, and be happy? Is it possible to do both? Like really possible to do? Damn, friend. That's a good. Now thing. you see noticing... why she always is like, "You ready to get in this week's episode?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not interested see? in this uh-huh. week's episode <laughs> because I noticed so much unhappiness. Right. And discomfort at the top. There has to be a correlation. Well, well, what is it? Well, if if it is a such thing as being happy and, and doing all those things, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, me neither. Like I, I haven't I've never I haven't met a happy rich person yet. Right. Damn, that's deep. Nah, nope. I haven't. Like all the all well, the people that, that that I call friends or associates, like they all come to the studio. That's why it's a, a session. They come with their problems. Right. It's therapy. They come with their and they be having some real ass problems while they getting blasted online, like like us. You know what I'm saying? While they getting blasted online and shit, they got these real ass problems that they dealing with, that that cause a depression. Sometimes they want to kill themselves. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they don't feel like they good enough. So, it, I I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm I, don't, I don't even know if it exists. And that's why I asked because being around you guys and all the artists that. I've had the pleasure of getting to know in your studio sessions, none of them ever seem happy. No. And I'm talking about massive artists, and they're always nervous. They're always, you can tell, anxious about how they're being perceived, Mm -hmm. how even vets that sound incredible seem insecure. Yeah. 
and worried and you know and i'm always like how is that like you're huge you're massive you're Mm -hmm. an icon you're a legend you're still scared you still feel like you're an imposter you still feel like you don't deserve this Mm -hmm. even though you've been in the game for 20 years but what i have noticed is that the two of you have stepped back from the industry. Mm-hmm. You've stepped back from the limelight. You stepped back from trying to work with icons. From You stepped back from trying to be known for being, quote, unquote, the best and the top writer. And, you know, and I notice you're happier. Much happier. And I also noticed that you guys have stepped into spirituality. Mm-hmm. And that is my next question. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find God through your sadness? <laughs> I found Did you her. hit rock bottom and find God? <laughs> I, uh, spirituality was the was the purpose for a weirdo workshop in Lewis York. So I was just looking for a way to to to, to love music again and love myself again. Because it's all the same thing. It's all the yeah. same thing. Love love uh, every single morning. Like, th- th- just a chance to do it again. And I wasn't doing that. So the only way I've ever known how to find happiness has been through music. So I was like, well, there's no better way to, or better place to start than trying to f- use your gift. I never understood. Even though I came close to it, as soon as as soon as soon Chuck kind of saved me from jumping ship, I was like, this was, that was stupid. What the hell was I talking about? Like, the, I, you should go back to the source of what makes you happy. Mm. So in the process of doing that, it created a, a spiritual awakening. Um, where like you've now seen what the top, you've seen what the riches on the top bring in the unhappiness and the depression and the fear and the anxiety. So everything about the music that I try to write or that I even try to listen to at this point needs to make me feel something that's that's a lesson. So it's not so much about oh I go to church because I don't go to church, um, and I and, and I don't want to. But it's, it's not about that. It's not. It's not. <laughs> you were listening to TD Jakes with me though. No, I, I, listen. <laughs> I, I, I learn. It's not about because it's, it's not about church. It's about learning from people and right. things. So there's I'm I'm just now I'm a sponge. It's lessons everywhere every single day, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to apply them to my art. So and the art for me is is literally like my way of recording history. So I'm I can listen to the songs I've done since since that point since we did Lewis York and Weird Workshop, and they remind me of my growth. They remind me to avoid fear or to avoid regret or to avoid um self-doubt all that kind of stuff so my i i feel like i have become a more whole spiritual being mm. i'm not relying on someone on a sunday to tell me some magic speech that's gonna make me feel like i'm worthy i'm not looking i don't feel like if i put too much money in a collection plate i'm gonna feel like i'm going to heaven <laughs> i feel like i'm experiencing heaven every every day if i'm doing what i love and i'm learning from it even if i make mistakes while i'm doing what i love because <laughs> <laughs> you just said a word. Yes, and it, 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 Come on. That that took a long time to get to. I mean, we 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 rode and created created our way through all the smoke mm-hmm. to get to that point. If there was no like overnight. I woke up and I was like, Lord, I'm I'm the Dalai Lama. Like <laughs> that didn't that didn't that didn't happen. I, I I still feel like I'm making a lot of mistakes right now and learning yeah. from what I what I what I know and don't know. But to understand that. That God isn't some white man sitting on a cloud. That that it's the voice inside your head, and it's and that the happiness is when you're doing is when you're doing your very best with the people you love, the thing you love. It changes everything, 
Because then, then you spend less time being depressed because depression comes from worrying about how come I was hoping that this person would save me and they didn't save me. Mm-hmm. Or this idea would save me and it didn't save me. Mm-hmm. Or this dream This would dream save would save me. me and it didn't save me. Right. Take, when you remove all that stuff, you can really allow yourself to, to f- first of all, find spirituality and also find your purpose. Weed helps as well. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> Tell people. That's a plug. <laughs> See, millionaires co-signed weed. I just want to say <laughs> that done deal. <laughs> it truly ushered in the spirituality that I was looking for. Shut. <laughs> what about you? The question initially was, do you think you could be in the limelight and be happy? And you said no. Mm-hmm. So you're happier now, though. So what shifted for you to bring you to this point well i i had a lot of, of work to do on myself you know what i'm saying that's where my spiritual growth from the, the work that i had to do on myself just understanding even from just from jump that i'm worthy of everything that happens to me good bad whatever it is mm-hmm. like i'm i'm if i if i take responsibility for the bad that happens to me which i often do and i beat myself up and i own it a hundred percent then i it's it's all it's also right for me to take the good, take credit for the good and, and enjoy it and, and be able to, to know that I'm worthy of it. And so that was the self work that I was doing. And I, 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 the spiritual aspect of it is that I started recording a CD that was crazy. I think I let you hear the CD. Yes. <laughs> and it, it, was, it was not some CD for sale. It was not because I wanted to be some gospel artist or some inspirational artist. I literally went back to the source, like you said, of your happiness and and music was always that source to me. So how I dealt with my depression is through music. And so I just created this this uh collection of songs, a collection of my thoughts. That was so amazing. And and mm-hmm. it it wasn't it wasn't just the the actual journey of creating it. It was me listening back. I never experienced that. Like even as I matriculated through through the music business. I've, I've definitely heard my work on people, but I never heard my thoughts on people because I was more of the producer and I didn't I didn't sing the song, so I would only hear my work, which is what production is. So after I did the body of work and I and I got over the fear of listening to it and got over the, all the all the crap you got to get out of your head of why this shit sucks or why <laughs> why did I do this shit? And I listened back to my thoughts. It healed me. My mm-hmm. own, my own internal thoughts that healed me of the depression that I was in with with the music business, and that was my my spiritual journey. Wow. <laughs> I mean, Lord. I think the and bottom so line have. that I'm learning through watching you guys and all of our other peers who are also having their you know breakthroughs mm-hmm. is that you have to stay in alignment mm-hmm. with what you want to do. Yeah. What you want to do. And I think what's hard about being in the limelight is that it's not about you. It's about how you can stay up there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times it's by any means necessary. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what I've learned yeah. being on the outside watching you guys is that that is the disconnect. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be the top producer and expect people to want to create what you want. Right. Mm. Now you are a formula chaser. Yeah. You have to give hit, 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 hit. Yeah. A hit isn't necessarily what you feel. feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hit is what is wanted of mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And I think if what I'm learning, and this is me through my personal success and growing, is that 
I want to figure out how to stay in alignment. And I don't know if you can stay in alignment and be yourself and true to what is coming into you that needs to be expressed through you. Can you do that and get to the top? I don't know. I've never seen anyone do it. Well, let me let me just add because we've had the pleasure of watching y'all grow. Oh, thank Amen. you. Amen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, because it's important no, it... because I learned from my friends. Mm-hmm. So there's things that you think you know that you don't know. But you cannot you cannot find your happiness or your growth in, if you're comfortable. And I learned that from you and you and you because you guys keep on reinventing the challenge for yourself. Mm. Like as soon as you think, like, oh, okay, they're cool. Like they could just do this and coast. It's like, no, like you just, like literally there's, 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 there's albums coming out and tours and wellness tours and, and celebrations and things and, and different variations of stuff. And I realize now that like, to your point about, about like everyone putting you in these boxes, once you create success, it's about, life is about, is about overcoming challenges and, and, and rediscovering how, how brilliant you always were. Because mm-hmm. everyone's trying to make you forget it. Yeah. Right. Everyone's trying to tell you that, forget that you're good. Like, just or do to this tell you how to be brilliant. Or tell you how yeah. to be brilliant. Which I think right. is the hard part of making it to the top. So the breaking yeah. out of boxes is literally the proof to yourself that you're as able as you thought you were at the beginning. Right. And I've watched you do it several times with just getting over certain fears to, 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 to become this person, which leads to this person, which leads to this notch on, on, on your belt. And you guys are all doing that. And for us, you get to a point and you're winning in the music business and then everything gets busy but comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like the calls are coming in and they're cool and, and they're, they're cool the rest of the world, but they're not really challenging you. And like you said, you become this hit factory. So they're calling you for this thing that you did. And right. it doesn't allow you to... To evolve. There's no, no room no. for and there's growth. No, and there's no spirituality. There's no, there's no true, pure spirituality if you're not always evolving and growing. Because mm. there's always something... As, if you're alive, there's something for you to learn. So if you're just sitting there comfortable, then that's just as, just, just as good as being dead, <laughs> in my opinion. Well... <sighs> Do you guys have any more questions for them? <clears throat> I have all the gyms I need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I did ask a question earlier about who has the private jet. We don't have a private jet. No. When is the weirdo workshop getting a private jet? <laughs> a long, t- a long ways away. Can yeah. I come with you when you buy it? So yes, I can just yes. say I was in the room. Yes. Because yeah. yes. that would be really crazy to say I was in the room when someone yes. purchased a private jet. Oh my you God. can be that there. That would be awesome. All right. And uh, also you have on hoodies for a weirdo workshop that we will be receiving sometime soon. We actually, okay, so, so truth be told, we just, the hoodies became a popular thing by accident. But we just ordered y'all some. Hey. Okay, great. Oh, just wanted to make sure I got y'all that will up. be receiving. So you shall in receive. The map. <laughs> this is recorded. It's recorded. and It's real. Lots of people listen, and they will bother you if we tell them to. I know. I love so, the exclusive. So what I'm saying is, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. So, what's something for aspiring creatives? They don't even have to be in the music industry. It can be for acting. Mm-hmm. It can be for absolutely anything any dream that somebody is trying to fulfill right now being that you guys have done that being that you guys are constantly evolving recreating yourself what do you tell that kid that is trying to get to where you are what's something you could have told chuck back in college when he started that piano what's something you could have told claude that you think he would need to hear right now i'd have told myself that i was cool (laughs) 
and it's it's okay to be myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, Amen. It took me so long to to come to that conclusion that yo, like you're cool, like you're you're okay being yourself. You're, yeah. Matter of fact, that's what people want from you. That's what people actually accept, and and you spend your whole life thinking that's what they won't accept. Mm-hmm. So you do try to be everybody else. You know what I'm saying? So I'd have definitely told my little. My little badass. <laughs> <laughs> that you cool, man. Like how you how you do this shit. Like all of this shit, all this quirkiness about yourself. It's all good. And so what? Oh. Yeah. And you know how hard that is for me to say that. I know. Friend. Because <laughs> <laughs> she watched the process. You know what I'm saying? She and so. Uh, this has been, uh, yeah. You talking about goals. Man. Go ahead. Uh. Mine would be, I would tell. Little pissy tail clawed. <laughs> uh, this is hard. I, I tell myself a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, enjoy every second. Mm. Amen. I spend way too much time worried yeah. about losing it and impressing people. Was I good enough? And the only regret I have the first time I, 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 I achieved success was that I, 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 didn't, I didn't mark it and, and enjoy it and remember it. Mm. And now, like I said, that I understand the journey is, is, the, is the real win. I tr- like, I'm constantly just, me- like, even right now, I'm just, like, I'm looking around, there, I'm just memorizing, like, because <laughs> I want to take in the moment as it happens, because yeah. I'll just walk through, I'll just go through stuff. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. all right, cool, did that, I just did that, cool. Like, that means, that leads to this cool, and, and, and you have to enjoy it, because tomorrow isn't promised, but, you are supposed to be learning in the second, mm-hmm. not in retrospect, right. not in the future. Like as it's happening, you're supposed to be learning, and and to learn, you have to be open-minded and enjoy both the pain of it and the love of it. And I love now. Now I love and I love both sides. But I would have told myself to enjoy it more, mm-hmm. a lot more. I love it, Dustin and Sante. Anything you guys want to add? Um. You know, I just <laughs> no. You know, I just really want to thank you guys because I really feel like our podcast has been largely successful. Because when people turn it on, they hear some really good music, mm. and I also feel like you know, not to toot our own horn, but you know, beep to the beep. I feel like we're the only podcast that has you know music, you know, on that level. <laughs> and thank so you I just want to thank you for the separation. Of course, oh, because man. you know, I really appreciate <laughs> standing alone. Stand alone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I appreciate man. that, man. Thank you. Yeah, that was fun to do. Um, as the resident music man of the podcast. <laughs> of course. Yes, Actually, you know, I should set you up, Claude, because you Ooh. got me yelled at in here for oh, your for icebreaker. I should, but I'm not going to do that you to you. You got me yelled at, I'm going to wait until it was early in the episode the next time you're here to do that All to right, you. All right, cool. Um, I got but answers. I would like to just say thank you as a music fan. You probably made some hits and were dealing with some shit at the time that I could not even understand, <laughs> but I definitely twerked my ass off and... <laughs> <laughs> fell in love with life and pop and R&B and That's various awesome, different man. things because of y'all's music and what thank y'all you, been man. doing. Yeah. So yeah, thank you. I just think that it's super awesome. And with that said, I would just like for y'all to name off some of y'all's music. We're going to do this. I, this. This is the part that we always cringe doing. So let's just do it, all right? Please. This is a safe you space. All right, so between it. myself and Chuck, okay. we've done this guy, Pretty Girl Rock, Circus for Britney Spears, Grenade, <sighs> Russian Roulette, Bittersweet, 
I blame um, you. Party in the USA. Like, all yeah. the shit y'all loved before y'all started hating Chrisette. Yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. Like, the whole Epiphany album is Chuck. The whole Epiphany album is Chuck. Mm-hmm. And I wrote half of it. And him and Neo did the other half. But it's fucking brilliant. The music has never been it's a problem. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear. Let's just establish the Even music will get you right. Stage, they was having a good time bopping to that music. Yeah, that's okay? what I'm saying yeah. to you. It's never been the music. So talk your shit. Y'all Whitney, did that shit. Whitney's last album, Michael, Celine, Janet. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because you can't just skirt skirt by the names you <laughs> okay. just said. Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston did three on her last album. Who else? You I said did Michael, Michael. I did it. Michael Hold my who? hand. Michael, Michael Jackson. Not okay, Blackson. So Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> not Blackson. <laughs> not Blackson. Okay. Not Celine Blackson. Dion. Celine Dion, Janet Jackson, Mary J. Mary Jane Blige. I mean, everyone in between. I mean, literally, uh, Jasmine Sullivan. I'm forgetting a lot of people. Jesse J. Tori Jesse, K. Y'all have Jesse done some amazing stuff Jay. with Jesse J. Domino, Jay. Price Tag, all that stuff. <sighs> I feel like we're forgetting Miley. Jesse fucking Jay. Miley. Kiki yeah. Palmer. <laughs> 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 you, you, you did that one on Cherish no, first album. Don't, don't try to play me. <laughs> He said, he said, he said, he said, you did that one on Cherish first album. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay, wait a minute. Now, 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 y'all know we love Cherish. Okay, hey, 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 A moment in time. Or one of my personal favorites that you did recently, Raise the Bar on Tamar Braxton's Calling All Lovers. One of my favorites. That's, I don't know that one. That's crazy. Yeah, you know, well, you know. And the thing is, I mean, listen, like, people think that because we became Lewis York and we started Weirdo Workshop, that we stopped working. We didn't stop working. We just started working smarter. Yes. Mm. So, like, we're doing NDRE right now. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, so we're still doing a lot of... We're just working with people that that we enjoy, but also have in, different cool things to say. And also putting out our own stuff. You know, the, you know mm-hmm. them Shindellas. Mm-hmm. Shindellas. Shout out to the Shindellas. Shindellas. Casey, Stacy, and Tam. The, the, Casey, Stacy, and Tam. And they're beautiful and amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Three, three black women who moved to Nashville with us to... To, to start to start their own band, but they're part of Weirdo Workshop. Mm-hmm. You guys saw them perform live in New York. Yes, we did. Yes. It was amazing. We're coming back. We're com- but but the Shindellas. It's the future. We, again, we can't just glaze over, right? Because right. right. <laughs> watching the Shindellas, actually watching all of you perform, but we'll get more to that later. But the Shindellas, watching them perform, is such an experience. Mm. The costumes that they wear, mm-hmm. um, their the the way they choreograph, even the way they move and look at each other as mm-hmm. they're singing, mm-hmm. all of that is it's part real. of the experience of watching them. So it's not just. You know, are they good? Are they dope? No, these girls are really like they know who they are as performers. Yes, yes. that means so a whole it makes lot. Experience, yeah. yeah. Chuck Harmony, yes. Watching Chuck Harmony play the piano live yes. is like nothing you've ever seen before. Yes. And now that I know that you spend so much time literally physically studying mm-hmm. people play the you piano, see it. Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that the way that you, I, I love watching live musicians perform because it's like they communicate th- through like playing the instruments. Mm-hmm. Right. So the way that even like the way that that Chuck leans down into the piano, he's communicating. <laughs> yes. he plays so expressively. Yep. Yeah. So yes. hearing the way that it that that it was the origin of of your style, it makes so much sense, and that's yeah. why 
going to see you guys perform live is something that everybody that has an opportunity to do should do because you see the music tell the these love. stories mm -hmm. yeah. and you see the connection that you both have as artists which is amazing because you work behind the scenes for so long mm -hmm. and not everybody can you know coexist in those worlds so seeing you guys be expressive as artists right. it's just next level so man i appreciate that and, and the music that. is amazing yeah <laughs> i i have put y'all's music on so many playlists and will repeat because I, there have been songs I've listened to by themselves on repeat for like 30 minutes at a time, being like, okay, on, I got it. Oh, man. Like, play, for real, don't play. Don't play. Slow <laughs> Raging Bull, Slow Motion, I'm like, like I'll be sitting there in trance. Fran was the only person that was around. Like, she's the only, we, we, we locked out from everybody. And Fran was the only person like, I'm coming. You're <laughs> <laughs> locking me out. It'd be me, it'd be me, it'd be me and Chuck and our engineer pizza. And, and me. And Fran <laughs> in there ordering dirty Chinese and just <laughs> literally Chinese. just mm -hmm. getting it all out. So she was there from the inception, but y'all ain't heard shit yet. I cannot wait. I can't wait. If yeah. what we heard, ain't, I can't wait. Like, right? What? Yeah. It get, it gets it gets good. Because a now, lot of surprises. Now we know that we're a band. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. even the the beginning in Lewis York, we were still trying to figure out what we were. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? We didn't know, and so now that we know, we can lean into we can lean into what makes us good live, and we can lean into what makes us talking heads. And we can lean into all of that spirituality. Stuff. And what makes you you? Most yep. importantly, yeah. most important. And so the new music is, it's just, it's a combustion of all that, all that information and freedom. I can't Ooh. wait to blow up. <laughs> 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 well, I just, you have something to say? No, I just have one last thing. Uh -huh. Chuck, you worked with India in Atlanta, right? Uh -huh. I can't remember the song. Wait, <laughs> what? India Sean? Yes. Yes, yes. Oh, and my bouquet. I, I used to steal her demos off her computer, so I'm sorry. You <laughs> know, don't <laughs> sue me. I just listen to them. I ain't share them or nothing. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't remember the song. But you did you did the shit out of it. Thank you. And that's, just, <laughs> that's real, so, right? Like for real, because that was back in like 2007 or eight or yeah, some yeah. shit, and it was a demo. So I yeah. ain't been able to like hear it on the radio since. But yeah. it was the shit, I and I can't even believe I'm seeing yeah. that. Oh my god, galaxies, man! She makes me want to cry. Seen her so good. Yeah, I yes. love I love galaxies. You put me on the galaxies. I did play. We galaxies. were in London. Yeah. You're like, you listen to this, and I've been listening to it ever. It's been on my playlist. I, I listen to it all the time. Well, maybe you ain't heard nothing yet, but that's for Fran to decide that she's India. the only one that's heard the project. I love that people let me into these <laughs> lockouts. <Okay. sessions. laughs> it used to be me. I'm trying to get back in. We're going we to cut you out <laughs> from now on. Well, I just, you know, I want to say that you guys have been so crucial in my life, so vital. You guys gave me permission to think big you showed me how big life can be and i'm not even talking about the fame or the money but i'm talking about watching your level of discipline mm. watching your level of discipline create this person out of you mm. the talent the perseverance i've seen the ups and downs i've seen you guys get crushed i've seen you guys be devastated yeah. i've seen the depression i've seen the failures but i've also seen the highs i've seen the grammy noms i've seen i'm usually the one crying you guys don't cry but <laughs> whenever you guys have a new achievement yeah. the beauty of it seeing your moms cry seeing your peers mm. cry how you guys get praised how you guys get love the respect the talent song after song after song just when I think I've heard the best song you guys have ever made <laughs> somehow you have another one <laughs> I mean 
you guys are just like an a, an infinite, infinite power. And I'm so mm. thankful to have been able to witness it and to know that not only can dreams be achieved, but they can continue to, to morph. And you guys have continued to stay aligned. And that has been the most powerful thing, even though I have seen mm. you guys sad, mm. but now I see you guys happy. Mm. And that is so important to me. And I'm just thankful that you guys have always been there to just show me the other side. The other side of life, if you just put your fucking head to it, yes. put your head down, just focus, do yeah. the work. Yeah. You can do it. You know what I mean? We came from nothing, mm -hmm. nothing. Immigrant mm -hmm. parents, mm -hmm. you know, immigrant parents that they, you know the story. They came with $7 mm -hmm. and oh, one pair shit. of shoes. <laughs> oh, yep. And look at you now, you know, and it's such a blessing to have been able to witness that. And I'm so thankful to have been on the other side. And also how you guys have integrated me into it. You know, you guys always included me in everything, which is always so cool. Anytime mm -hmm. they're going to the Grammys or shows, like, friend, come. You know, friend, <laughs> what are you doing? Come to L.A., come to this. And yep. always have me flying around, around the world. Just, just you know, yeah. just happy to be there and to witness greatness in my, my own friends. And it really pushed me to do the same. I didn't have guidance. I didn't have role models. I never saw a million dollars, but I knew my friends did. And so I knew it was real. Mm. And so thank you guys for giving me permission to do the same. And I'm proud of you guys. And I'm excited. I'm not going to cry. Yeah, please don't start <laughs> this right now. I, I just hope that everyone in this room, to, to whoever hears this, understands that everyone in this room is proof that you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Totally. Amen. You yeah. could do it. Like, that's all I want to, like, forget the songs. Forget what, like, it just be proof that you could do whatever you want to do. When you when you hear Dustin, when you hear Fran, when you hear Asante, when you hear Chuck, when you hear me, when you see us, or you hear about us, whether it's positive or negative, <laughs> if they're talking shit, know that I can do whatever I want to do. <laughs> if they're talking positive, you can do whatever you want to do. But I think our lives are examples of that. That's what makes me proud to, uh, to know you all is, and, and to be even in this space is that... It's all miracles. It's all I, miracles. I appreciate miracle. that or whatever, yeah. but nigga, you just got through saying you wrote for two Jackson. We need Celine Dion. Celine. Everybody loves Celine. Okay, we heard what we okay. had to say so, about your ass. Thank you, but like. He said two Jackson. On, we paying attention. Okay. <laughs> we are pupils. Okay, right now. I just want you to understand that. Because oh, shit. But thank you. I just have to say you. thank you. Thank and you. And most importantly, I think the message for those of you listening outside of like do the work and know that you can make it is that the, what's going to take you the farthest is just being yourself. Like, mm. I know mm. you hear it all the time mm. yeah. and mm -hmm. it even sounds cliche at this point. Be yourself, be yourself. Right. But honestly, that energy signature that only you can express mm. is the key to how far you will go and is the key to mm -hmm. what you have for the world. It's yeah. the key. Yeah. Major key. Major, Major key. key. No one plays the piano like Chuck Harmony. No. Nobody. A lot of people <laughs> play the piano well, but nobody <laughs> plays it like Chuck Harmony. A lot of people sing really well, but no one sings like Claude Kelly. Nobody. You know what I mean? Mm. Whitney Houston could have picked anybody, anybody to work with. Who was she speaking about in that interview? Claude Kelly. Why? Because there is no other Claude Kelly. Man. And he stepped into his greatness so that someone like oh Whitney Houston could see it mm. she could Sheesh. see it a fully realized human being and may we all be as blessed 
Please. May we all be as blessed to step into it because no one is lucky to step into it. Everyone can. You mm-hmm. just have to do it. Amen. Wow, Amen. And that's it. Thank Say, you guys for oh, coming. Oh. Every time I'm in the zone. Hey. <laughs> in the zone. Thank Come you on. guys so much for listening. Yes. As always, we love you guys and we will see you guys next week. Hear ye, hear ye. The two dopest queens to ever queen are coming to HBO. So gather around the TV and prepare thyself for the comedy coronation of a lifetime. Watch as Jessica Williams and Phoebe Robinson, a.k.a. Two Dope Queens, bring their hit comedy podcast to HBO in a series of four comedy specials. Filmed in front of a live audience at the King's Theater in Brooklyn and directed by Tig Notaro, you won't want to miss this or you'll literally regret it for the rest of your life. Two Dope Queens, weekly on HBO at 11.30 p.m. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.